Hi, I'm 3XL and I want you to know that Jim and Eric here at Weird Science DC Comics Podcast are going to spoil the hell out of this week's comics, but we'll also probably talk so much nonsense that your head will spin. Please give the guys a break. They are not very smart. It's actually pretty sad, but at least we can all laugh at them. Not with them. At them. Just don't point and as always, enjoy. Sue, this is exciting. Not only is Nick here, uh, but we actually have a two big, big fan of comic books. Um, in fact, I want to talk about our wonderful surprise that we have. So we're being joined right now by two comic bloggers. Joining us via Skype, we have Eric Shea and an avid comic book collector for over 20 years. And we have Jim Werner, who's been an avid comic fan for over three years. Now, Eric and Jim are bloggers whose fan site focuses on DC comics called weirdsciencecomicsblogs.com blogspot.com weird science comics blogs.blogspot.com Weird Out Loud is brought to you by the letters F and U. This is episode 14 of Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm Eric Shea. I'm Jim Warner. So let's get this thing started. Come on, we got some listener mail for this week? Whew. No corrections this week. Damn right. Yeah, uh, we were. everything we did last week was right on. <laughs> right on, brother. But right. yeah, we, we do have listener mail, so you want to get right to it. Yeah, let's get right to it, man. We're fucking jumping on this thing, hot and ready to load. Hot and ready to go. What was that? Soda? Mm. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm going to take a sip myself because this first email is from Reggie, <laughs> and it is an epic. It's an epic mail. Ah. And, of course, he starts it off. Uh, it's actually a two-part mail. First part to you, second part to me. But it says, it's a little shout out, it says, Dear Eric, please be sure Jim reads every word of this exactingly. And if he screws up, make him start all over again. See, Reggie has taught me a word there, exactingly. And he, he also must laugh when I mess up every long email. Because what <laughs> happens is I, I lose my place. I, I have so, to take a so breath. So you mean every time that Reggie writes in. Yes. So here we go, Reggie. This one's for you. I need to apologize regarding the finale of Future's End. I think you are correct in saying that the dystopian Brother Eye future, uh, I messed up already, Brother Eye run future as depicted at the end of the last issue is another universe different from the prime universe that comprises most of DC's comic book output. I initially understood the series ending thusly. Tim Drake goes back in time and stops the beacon Brother Eye, sends to Earth 2's refugees, and convinces Brother Eye to self-destruct. Brother Eye sends Tim 35, 35 years in the future where he finds that A, either Brother Eye lied about self-destructing or B, Brother Eye self-destructed, but this didn't stop Bruce Wayne and Mr. Terrific from building a new one that still took over five years into the future. That's right. I'm always right. But cons- Except for when I'm not. But after considering your comments on the blog and podcast and rereading the penultimate, penultimate and final issues, 
I think you're right, brother. I didn't send a beacon to the Earth 2 refugees, so they will stay in their universe. But he also sent Tim Drake forward through the multiverse to Tim Terry McGinnis' time. But, brother, I had already taken over. In prime continuity, I don't think, brother, I will take over. And obviously, there will be no Earth 2 wonders on Cadmus Island. And therefore, virtually most of the stuff that happened in Future Zen will never happen. In a weird twist... Tim Drake was successful, but was rewarded for his success by being sent to the same hellhole Terry McGinnis was sent to correct. Any, any comments on that so far? Because we're not done. Oh, I know. I know. The comment is I'm right. Okay. This, this is a parallel timeline that still exists, but outside of the normal timeline that our heroes will progress in the regular t- uh, future, like, you know, time stream. Yep. Okay. Well, continuing. I don't want you to think that just because you could potentially be correct about this one thing, because let's face it, we could both be completely wrong, and DC may decide to obliterate or resurrect this story as they deem fit, that you are not a horrible person. You are. Yes, I am. And it's not just the food you eat or your inability to converse with immigrants or your penchant for horror movies and other mind-numbing forms of entertainment. You are a horrible person because two podcasts ago you mentioned the movie When a Stranger Calls which was the first horror movie I saw at age seven and which warped me beyond belief. I've seen many volumes of Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Hellraiser, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I even saw Last House on the Left at age nine. Damn. Bad, bad parents. But when A Stranger Calls remains the movie, I can't bring myself to rewatch, even though my life is completely devoid of any interesting and important pursuits. So I would have appreciated a trigger warning, you son of a gun. (laughs) See, the thing there is, I don't think I need to give any warnings because I believe a few podcasts ago he said something about sweep, Sweepaway Campus. I think that was that last is, week. Was it? Okay, yeah, I well, think it was. That is something that has haunted me ever since I saw it. Oh. So we, we are square now. At, and he, at nine, he saw uh, Last House on the Left, age nine. That's around, when did I say, like eight was when I saw Jaws in the movie. But uh, also around that time, around nine years old, was when I saw Amityville Horror. <laughs> and Salem's Lot were two movies my mom made me watch with her, and they both scared the crap out of me to this day. I, I, I haven't watched either in a long, long time. Uh, I have a feeling that Amityville Horror a, a kind of a, it hasn't yeah, held up. It does not it's hold up. It's probably a joke. But, uh, Salem's Lot does not hold up either. Yeah, I all I remember, there was some sort of basement and some vampires, and I was done. That was, was the ending. Yeah, I was scared. All right. <laughs> Reggie goes, then he addresses me. Dear Jim, this week's podcast served as yet another indictment of comic books and the terrible, awful people that read them. I think that if your podcast had been around when Frederick Wortham was to cry in comic books as being bad for children, he would simply have to play the first ten minutes of any of your episodes and the entire country would have tossed their comics in the nearest fire. First off, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> how is the podcast just me? How, how am I the bad person that all of a sudden they're going to use this podcast, but it's, it's about me? You're, you're just terrible, as bad right? as me. DC no, and Marvel, no. then National and Timely, would have voluntarily closed up shop and left comic bookery to the funny mice and ducks that were the most popular during the 50s. The two of you would probably be arraigned for sedition <laughs> and thrown in federal prison, which would have also been nice yeah, for him, that you can dispense of pillless pointlessness on a weekly basis is proof positive that the country and perhaps mankind as a whole has lost its way. Listen, Reggie is, is <laughs> definitely trying to make me not be able to... I, listen, I'm a college graduate, buddy. I can read. I know reading. <laughs> there was a point that made me laugh out loud, however. Almost like a weird out loud moment. Did you say that well, at the beginning? That of course week? I did. Oh, God, I don't know what it is. I, it always passes me by. What it when, is. When you say that you approach comics with a happy heart, 
I actually laugh at that myself. All things being relative, Jim, I'm sure you do, but that's only speaking relatively. You still approach comics with the skeptical sense of someone used to a lifetime of successive failures and who expects less than nothing from every product, event, or person. Yeah, Reggie's right on. <laughs> uh, just two weeks ago, you were pissing and moaning about convergence, and now you are slightly more positive, and it's supposed to be like rainbows alighting on the Weird Science DC podcast studio. Your oh, rainbows are. are made of multicolored poop. That is true, too. Save yeah. that happy heart for things you know that will happen, which will have a positive outcome. You're being placed on a no-fly list, your funeral, <laughs> and the first times each of your children in turn will say, fuck off, Dad. Brings a tear to my eye just thinking about it. Actually, <laughs> my uh, 13-year-old probably, uh, he didn't say those exact words, but he might as well have uh, earlier because we were playing football. And again, I called a pass interference on him, and he flipped out, which <laughs> a week ago I did that, and he actually tried, and this is no joke, tried to push me into oncoming traffic on the way walk home. Jesus. He did. That was no joke. <laughs> he did. After already throwing a ball, the football in my face. All right, he keeps going. I'd also like to commiserate with, your over ha- with you over having grown up with a terrible cook, which was my mom. My parents cook okay, but both my grandmothers were abysmal at cooking. My maternal grandmother used to make greasy ham and cheese sandwiches in the oven, and my paternal grandmother used to make these Jewish cookies that tasted and had the consistency of dog biscuits. I didn't find out it was supposed to be sweet, flavorful cookie until I was in my late 20s. Which I told, I told you before, but I said on the podcast, that my mom makes awful food. And one yeah. of the things I point out were brownies, which I can only eat if they are like an eighth inch thick, hard as rock and burnt. That's well, brownies like, to me. That's so I grew up with my grandmother. And uh, you know, like my favorite pork chops is the kind that she used to make where she used to fry them up. And they were just dry as yeah. hell. Yeah, but that's... A, a, with a shitload of Mrs. Dash on I mean, top. I'm going to say that a lot of times... This is where when you see like a... Um, what's, the, what's the cooking... Or the, uh, the food show where the, on the Travel Network that... It, uh, what's his name? Goes all around the world. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, no reservations? No, no, the other one. The, the big fat white guy. Weird food? I don't know. Whatever. Bizarre food? Bizarre foods, yes. So he's there and he's eating a chicken uterus... And you're like, oh, my God, I, I can't even. But if that's what you eat, that's what you eat. You're used to it, just like my shitty brownies that my mom made. I'm used to it. So. But just because I like some shitty pork chops doesn't mean I'm about to go eat a chicken uterus. Chicken uterus. That's lovely. Or eyeballs he eats a lot of. But uh, Reggie finishes with, anyway, your Fucking podcast weirdo. is great. Your guy, you guys are horrible. Please continue bringing truth to the youth. Love. <laughs> and again, it's the common thing. You rip us apart and then say that we're great. And now, while I appreciate people writing in and, uh, you know, participating in the show, please don't do it this much anymore. <laughs> no, I, I want Reggie to keep going. And I hope that that one guy who had that Marvel that's letter. That's exactly that, what I was thinking of. I think Reggie's fucking with me with this. I think that that's what he sees trying to do. And I, Reggie, you write a, a novel. I'll be reading it. I don't care. I'm in. And Reggie's my man. He's Team Jim, I think. Apparently. You always say that he's my man. We get these emails. Yeah, he's your man. I'm talking has, to him on Twitter. Has I always your best friend. Rich. Uh, anytime I I hear something, I give him a little uh, call. I've been asking him some questions. All right, next next listener mail is from X Hold. X Hold says, "What is your guy's favorite convergence issue so far?" It's an easy one. Would you like me to go first? I'm gonna go real quick. Superman. The Convergence Superman that we're going to talk about. Obviously, any one that we're going to talk about, except if possibly number zero, Convergence is your favorite, we're going to be talking about later. So, but uh, You mean my, one? 
Yeah, no, because one we'll be talking about. I'm saying the only one that we uh, all these that we wouldn't be talking about today oh, would right, be number right. zero. But uh, yeah, Superman was my favorite. Uh, for this week, though, with all the regular convergence stuff going on, I'd have to say that the the Titans number one was my favorite. Yeah, not a lot of people were down on that, right? I don't know. I don't understand. I think it was a really cool story and the great art. Yeah, yeah, great Titans, huh? All yeah, right. Titans, man. Uh, the next one, two, like three, four, Superman. five. I like Fuck Superman. You. I'm a big fan of the soups. <laughs> Ooh, when we talk later, I, I mentioned in my review of Speed Force that I was not a big Wally West fan, and that caused me a lot of uh, crazy uh, hate and uh, yelling on Tumblr. Uh, and that was funny. All right, next we're going to have one, two, three, four, five straight listener mails about something that happened to us earlier this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask about this one, but no, no, that's right with it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, because <laughs> if anybody listens, uh, you know that we usually start the listener mail besides, except one week, he missed out. But John, I saved it for a little later because the rest of these are about our television appearance that we had earlier this week. Good times, good yeah, times. Yeah, great times. <laughs> the first one's John. John says, you guys even suck on television. You know, I I probably would agree with John, but uh, yeah, that's the first one. The next one, Chris says, you two are really good on TV. Why only one of you on video? Well, first off, Chris, thank you very much. And if I'm the face of weird science, you have to imagine what Jim looks like then. That's, that's, we'll talk what, about what? that in a minute. Uh, Z-Boz, the next one, <laughs> same question. Why wasn't Jim on the video on TV? Makes me wonder how he looks since Eric was on and he looked horrible. Hashtag face for podcasting. Uh, barely, man. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Now, I look that, like uh, I'm saying I look like the love child of Rocky Dennis and a little sweet. Yeah. Oh yeah, a little sweet. The next one <laughs> is from Fast and Five, who says, "Why only the one of you on video?" Seems to be the big question. Except for, and we're going to get into all this in just a little bit because, yeah, there's a there's a bit of a, a story behind our appearance on TV that oh, show, yes. shows how stupid we are. And, you know, and how things aren't as fun as you would imagine. But the last mail for this week is from Love the Heat, who says, What was Jim rambling about on that TV thing? Nerds? Kids? What the fuck? I was asking <laughs> the same question. Uh, we'll get to that as well, because uh, as you'll find out, things didn't go the way we thought they were. And no, not at all. A couple people uh, that were on there got put on the spot. And by a couple, I mean me. <laughs> ridiculous but that's the listener mail of course i i should have probably kept these we're we're not organized enough but i should have kept those till later or we could talk about the the tv thing first but we're not gonna because we're now we're gonna talk about the news and the first thing right. about the news is something that i know that you're gonna be very excited about and you're gonna review and you're gonna be so happy and it's that in july dc comics and idw have announced that they are going to have a Green Lantern Star Trek crossover event. It's a six-issue miniseries. And here I thought I was going to be able to die happy just because I got Doctor Who and a Star Trek nope, crossover. No, we even talked about this. We were talking about the one time that I think... Did I say Comic Vine was talking about it? Somebody was talking about it. That a Star Trek crossover event usually makes sense, but a Green Lantern Star Wars crossover, you would, you would think is bullcrap. Yeah, it's absolutely wrong. It yeah, just doesn't do sound right. But, uh, yeah, the Green Lantern Star Trek crossover event will happen in July. 
It's being written by longtime Star Trek writer Mike Johnson, friend of ours. Yep. I say that very loosely. <laughs> and penciled by Angel Hernandez. The crossover will be putting together Green Lantern and Star Trek. It involves the Green Lantern Corps being sent to the Star Trek universe in a story titled Green Lantern Star Trek Spectrum War. Here is the official synopsis. Now all Star Trek fans can watch their favorite USS Enterprise crew members meet Hal Jordan and the entire Green Lantern Corps in an adventure that spans space-time and all the colors of the spectrum. Set in Star Trek's 23rd century, the balance of the universe will be tested when the Green Lantern Corps' power rings come into the possession of certain Star Trek characters. While a dark and powerful evil looms around every corner, only the combined power of the Green Lantern Corps and the Federation stand any chance of stopping those who worship evil's might. What do you think of that? I think it's going to be the Borg and the Manhunters. Yeah? Do you think it's odd, no though, idea. that that the characters get possession of the power rings? Yes, I have yeah. no idea yeah. how power rings are crossing over I to know. the friggin' that, uh, that Star seems, Trek universe. seems very weird. Do you See, think even, that... though it's, even though it's a weird thing to say, I consider the Star Trek universe just our future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. That's why I think that... Um, I don't know. I don't know why that makes it that Doctor Who makes sense with... with uh, Star Trek. We talk about Doctor Who's real. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna real. come for me. I will be a companion one day. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, freaking year one. Of, yeah, Eric Pond over there. All right. All right. Now, uh, the next thing is uh, the Flash movie. You hear news about that this week? No, I actually oh, did not. There are there's some news. They said that the 2018 Flash solo movie uh, just they just hired. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller to develop a story for the movie. Both Lord and Miller are best known as the writer-directors behind the Lego movie and the 21 Jump Street reboot. And then it said, wherever I got this, uh, it said uh, in parentheses, both surprise hits. (laughs) (laughs) And are reportedly being courted to direct the film as well. Uh, What's kind of odd about this is that it doesn't look like Flash is going to be in the Batman vs. Superman movie. So, well, yeah, well, I don't know. Did we hear something about that? They were casting before yeah, about it's, Flash. It's done. It, it's, oh, you're right. It yeah, is done. It's done. It's so no, that's, I even thought it too. And I'm like, nope, it's, it's done. So yeah. there will probably be no Flash. If there is, they're going to probably cast the guy quick, and then it would be in a uh, like an end credit scene. But DC doesn't like end credit scenes. Well, I'm saying that they've already cast the Flash. I know. I Remember there was that weird-looking guy. That oh, yeah, like. yeah, you're right. But uh, he's not going to... Okay, I'm I'm wrong. What what it was is that he won't be in Batman versus Superman. But, uh, okay. yeah, I, I do think that because... Um, didn't Stephen Amell come out and he said that he liked... Uh, what's his name from the TV show better or something like that? He's always sticking his nose and things. <laughs> How uh, dare he? Yeah, but... Uh, Does he think he is? Green Arrow? Yeah, what a jerk. Obviously, they're, they're getting two writers that possibly will direct the movie that are kind of uh, comedy writers. So I, I think that'll be good. Uh, the Flash should be kind of lighthearted and stuff like that. But Now, did they do the 22 Jump Street? I don't know. It just said the 21 Jump Street reboot. So I don't know if they uh, did also did the 22. And you uh, watched 22, right? Yeah, I wasn't as big a fan as 21. Well, the 22 was just funny to me because of how much it was just making fun of everything yeah, else. Yeah, but it, that was like a, it was one trick pony, though, about a joke about sequels. Yeah, it was a, it was a parody of the first one. Yeah, I just, I wasn't a big fan. I did like 21 Jump Street, and I'll tell you, I was surprised, just like they said they were both surprise hits. Um, I know that everybody loves Lego Movie. My kids liked it. 
and when it was on twice or three times, I fell asleep all three times. I'm an old man. It's like Elysium for me. Yeah. I've tried to watch that a couple of times. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Shawshank Redemption for me. Can't. Oh, you are the worst. All right. The next bit of news is something that you love. Once a month, we get the top ten comics uh, listed. Uh, the top ten selling comics of the last month, which was March. Estimated sales. Yeah. Uh, they don't even give us numbers in this. What they do is just give you the top ten. And there is one DC title in the top ten this month, the month of March. And it's an odd one. Because now, does Marvel dominate the rest? Yeah, it's it dominate. They all nine others are Marvel. I'll just make That's sure it, it was yeah, like, it's nine okay. Marvel, one DC. The DC book came in ninth. I already told you beforehand, uh, while we were talking before we started, that uh, there was no Batman in March. Uh, yeah, no Snyder Capullo Batman. One. So that is not on there. So, uh, And I'll give you another hint. It wasn't Justice League either. That's crazy. So uh, you get three choices. Batman and Robin. Uh, no. All right. Uh, Supergirl. Uh, nope. Yeah, that was a long shot. Uh, <laughs> I was just wondering. It's the last. Everybody loves Supergirl. Um, uh, I didn't, I, what? That's, no. You Green Lantern. I, 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 said, I said you did eh twice there for no reason. <laughs> no, you said Supergirl again and I gave you another eh. It is a Batman title. Really? Detective yep. Comics? Nope. Batman Superman? Nope. The hell else is there? This is a shocker. All right, come on. Throw it at me. Batman Arkham Knight number one. Oh, Jesus Christ. That, that was much. number nine. That's the first collected edition then? Yeah. And I'm telling you, that's huge. That, that is huge. No other digital title I don't, would ever have cracked anywhere close to that. Most of these digital titles, Around the 12, most popular one, are, yeah, 12 to 15. Sometimes Injustice would get up to, say, 18. That's not true. I've seen Flash in, like, uh, the uh, zero, season zero in, like, the 25. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't think you did. I think that that was about 18. I, huh. This, but I'm telling you, I, they don't have the numbers. This number nine yeah, has to be in the 80s, 70s, somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere around there. It's huge. But just to, to go down the rundown of what the others People are. People were really looking forward to that game, man. Yeah. Uh, Princess Leia number one was number one. Stole... Uh, you, have, you love that book, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, I, I was on television. I freaked out and I froze. <laughs> uh, number two was Star Wars number three. Number three was Guardians Team Up number one. Number four was Spider-Gwen, number two. Number five was Princess Leia, number two. Princess Leia, that's huge. Yeah. I I guess I'm not the only one who loves it. Number six, Amazing Spider-Man, number 16. Number seven, Howard the Duck, number one. Number eight, Darth Vader, number three. Number nine, Batman Arkham Knight, number one. And number 10, Amazing Spider-Man, number 16.1. And uh, one of the things I saw that's kind of odd is the Howard the Duck and the Guardians team up. They both kind of spin off of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Not that Howard the Duck does, but... Uh, to a if, degree. Well, I'm telling you, if Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't as big as hit, uh, there would be no Howard the Duck number one. People they might be to testing see. the waters people for the wanted, duck again, People man. wanted to see, but right there, but both, uh, I know all the Guardians of the Galaxy, they've all been canceled. Now, you've watched the end credits of Guardians of the Galaxy when yeah. you saw Howard the Duck, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you, that by if, now you can say. I'm just saying, though, if for any chance they ever made a Howard the Duck movie, would you watch it based off what you saw with that? No. 
He I, looked ridiculous. He, I think he looked worse than he did in the original Howard the Duck movie. Most, most of the time, something like that, if my kids... Now, again, if they're going to do it right, I would think it would be a at least PG-13. Right. And he's pretty, he's pretty sexy. What? Uh, he's a pretty sexy duck. But uh, if my kids... If it was a PG Jesus. movie and my kids wanted to see it, and then <laughs> I, I wouldn't go to the theater. There's no possible way. Maybe I'd rent it if it's on Redbox. I Red think by Box the time or... that movie will come out, all your kids will be old enough to see an R-rated movie. I don't know. If they announced it now, they might be. <laughs> My youngest is nine, so yeah. he probably wouldn't be. But yeah, I'm telling you, uh, just from that, uh, Batman Arkham Knight, number one, that's pretty big. So, yeah, it's huge. And what's weird is, still, I was looking at it today. I think that the last couple issues of it, now I have number eight, I believe, came out on Friday. Uh, chapter eight, I haven't reviewed it yet. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Not any. Nobody reviews it. Everybody stays away. Good. That's more for us, though. Yeah, but even the the last issue, I don't even think did that well on the site. Which that's what shocks me. I'm like, oh man, a lot of people must love it, but I love it. I think it's great. That first three issues uh, in that number one, the first three chapters that got collected in that were great. Well, I think for the majority of it, though, comic book collectors are still, like, they want that uh, comic in their hands. A lot of people don't do yeah. the digital. Yeah, like, yeah, I was telling you earlier how Fel- my buddy Feldman was asking me, how come I can find, uh, like, uh, Batman 1 through, I mean, Arkham Knight 1 through 7 online, but, it, like, it also says, like, yeah. number 2 uh, is I'm newest. telling you, they have, they, d- digital titles themselves, they have to come up with a different way of presenting it when it's digital chapters. I mean, I know that you can say, well, they already do. It's a chapter. But yeah. you still get this crazy thing where it's number one, number two, number three. And then all those are collected in a number, one, number one print. Yeah. It confuses everyone. It has since our site has started where I even uh, had people way back when we would put things on Reddit. <laughs> and uh, some guy called me out like, how could you? This is bullshit. You didn't read number seven. Number two just came out. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to get into it. I think it was a Batman 66. But anyway, when, when Batman Arkham Knight hit the shelves and people just went into their local comic shops, I think they were really surprised and bought the hell out of it. Then, they didn't yeah. know what was coming out. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, if we want to go into uh, the nitty gritty on it, I don't think that DC did a great job of pushing it. You would you hear about these titles, even like a Wonder Woman seventy seven. You hear about all this stuff uh, months before. All of a sudden, you get this like deluge of interviews and stories, and then it goes dark for like two months, and then all of a sudden, uh, Friday comes and boom, there it is. And yeah. it just, I don't know why or what they're they're so scared about or to actually do more of an advertising for it. I blame Jim Lee because he's in charge of digital. Yeah, uh, there's some other guys that I talk to on Twitter and some of the editors and things like that. And I don't know, even they seem to be confused sometimes. I'm telling you this. Wonder Woman 77 (laughs) came out for the first three chapters. They collected that. It was a big thing. And then the next thing you know, it it was gone for months. And Mark Andreco is the writer on that. And I sent him a message and I said, you know, when's Wonder Woman 77 coming out? It's not coming out anymore. And I think he wrote like possibly April. Uh, He didn't even know. And it did. All of a sudden it came out out of nowhere two weeks ago. Came out again. And again, that's really good too. But we're going to move on because the next piece of news is our personal news that we were talking about earlier with those things that we were on TV this week. That's right. I'm a big TV star now. Y'all didn't yes, know that? Yes, we were. And <laughs> we still don't know why they picked us to do that. It's just odd. It's uh, our personalities, baby. I don't know. I and don't my know. face. 
This whole thing comes off so weird because they got a hold of us last week, the end of the week, and asked if we wanted to do this, we had to get back to them by Good Friday, which was last Friday. So we did, and I I think I just wrote kind of like a a generic thing, like, yeah, we might be, you know, give us some details. And then they kind of gave us a little bit of Nothing ever was really... Concrete. Yeah, drawn out. So they're like, oh, yeah, well, give us your phone number. And I think I even mentioned that last week on the podcast that I kept saying, like, I I, I don't (laughs) want to give this. I don't even know who this is. But it seemed legit. Um, And also, I think we if we did or didn't spell it out last week... We talked about this Evine Live, which is the channel it was on, and yes. we didn't think that our cable got it. Not at all. And then we found out, I found out that it did, and then I sent you a, a on text. The I'm like, hey, uh, check out Channel 82. And you're like, holy shit, we get this. Well, <laughs> in the meantime, they had us call on Monday, and it was very brief. And on Monday, we get on the phone, a little conference call, and they, they drop the bomb on us that only one of us will be able to be on it. Yeah, they didn't basically, have the technology to take no. two Skype and calls to put them on the Basically, screen. at that point, it was basically seemed to me that they were spelling out, like, listen, one of you guys are going to be on. Uh, pick which one you want to do. And we're not going to do that. Uh, we're too scared to be <laughs> on uh, individually. Yeah. So I said, and again, I even said to you during the week that it's so weird that out of the blue, I just came up with the idea, of why can't I call in? And it's funny because it was never really discussed. I just said, well, Eric will be on the video. Why can't Son I call in? And ho- hoping that they'd say, no, we can't do that. Sorry, Jim, it's going to be Eric. But they said, oh, you know what? I think you tried we can to throw do that. me under the bus. Oh, I did. And what, what's odd, like I said, who knows how much, and it was the lady that we talked to on Monday. Dawn, yes. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how much that lady makes, but what I think I should get a cut. I'm coming up with producing ideas. <laughs> like, hey, one of, the, one of us will call in. They were fine with that. They said, okay, we'll try to work that out. We're going to call you tomorrow and set up a Skype call just to test how it goes and whatnot. But, uh, re- you know, remember it's Wednesday night at 1, 1 a.m., <laughs> kept saying that wednesday night 1 a.m so i put even and even then i go and i'm like you know what i should put a post on the site i should put some stuff up about it but they really didn't send us much so i kind of made up my own post i kind of tried they didn't even send the i'm sorry they didn't send the agenda via email to like two minutes before our original conference call and i didn't even get it because i didn't have my email yeah yeah that's right remember you said that um that you thought that I had ditched you, but it was because yeah. I was desperately trying to forward the email to you. But I, while I was getting ready, but I, I didn't. But we, they told us Wednesday night at one a.m. Just yeah. remember that. So we're gonna do this Skype call thing on Tuesday. In the meantime, I get a call from my mom that my my dad's pretty much dying, and I have to run to the uh, old fo- or the uh, nursing home to see him for the last time and. I uh, thought you were fucking with me. No, no, I, uh, I wasn't like making it up. And again, I'll come off as awful, but I'm there. I kind of said goodbye to my dad. And I'm, as I'm texting you and sending emails to these people with my phone number and stuff like that. But uh, So we're going to do this thing on, on Tuesday that we call them up. or that, Did they call us? Or did we? I think they called. You were on Skype. Yes, yeah, so they called me on Skype. And then I think they called me. So when I got on, you were already on Skype. For a while, yeah. And uh, how did that go when you first they first took you <laughs> in the Skype? So <laughs> <laughs> what did they tell you when that Skype went live? You know, the the Skype ringer goes on. I click accept, and then it's a video conference call. 
I come on a video, and I don't know how big this control room is or working for, if it's a conference room or what, I hear somebody a bit farther away than the regular guy. Oh, yeah. Is that him? Now, <laughs> I, I could be remembering this wrong. He could no, just be you asking, don't remember it he wrong. He could just be asking, is that him? I would like to know. Or is he saying, we're going to have this hideous fucking no, chud here, again, on our fucking show? Again, though, they, they did this. There is no possible way. You have a couple like crazy pictures of yourself on your Twitter and things like that. But they didn't have my Twitter. No, I'm saying maybe they, maybe they look. I'm, there's no way they know how you look. You no, could, absolutely you not. You could have been Rocky Dennis. <laughs> and you could have just been the most hideous. I don't know what they... I, this whole thing seems so weird that they had no idea what either of us looked like. No. So, uh, we could have got on there, uh, and I don't know. We could have just been the most hideous-looking thing. I'm sure some people who see the video, which, again, I forgot to mention at the beginning, we're going to post the video of this on the the site with the podcast as well. We already have it on the site. But we'll put it with the podcast, so if anybody wants to see Eric and his crazy uh, look, just go to our site with the podcast is at. But yeah, they have no idea what we look like, no idea of any sort of thing like that. So uh, they, I don't know what they knew about us. But so I, so I get home. Uh, I it's call, not a professionalism. Yeah, no, I call <laughs> or they call me. I get on, and first off. It's the worst. I have the worst echo and re, like a delay. So I'm, I talk and it's like, hi. And then I hear you. I don't hear you. It sounds like there's about 50 million people in the studio. I said it sounded like uh, we were launching Apollo 13 or something. It sounded like a, a control room. And it was Loading awful. And now, again, I, I, I wasn't prepared. I came home. They called. So we kept going. They, they they have not sent us an agenda. I want to stress this, especially who was that that had that email about what was Jim going at Love the Heat? What was Jim rambling about? I'll tell you what I was rambling about. Nothing. Because when we had this, they said, okay, guys, we're going to check some levels. Talk about the book, which the book would be Batman Superman number one. So right. Eric kicks in. And again, I like making fun of you, but I have to give you props for that. Because, man, you kicked in. It sounded a lot like the beginning of the podcast. You're like, right. oh, well, Batman and Superman. But you, you were going on and on. So I think that then they get, they go, okay, Jim, now you. And I um, basically I say, <laughs> yeah, what Eric said. And I didn't know what to say. And I, my go-to phrase thing was, uh, well, uh, World's Finest used to be a, a big comic. And, uh, uh, and I was awful. I froze every time. So we stopped. So they're, they're checking things. They go, okay. Well, then they're, they're checking our levels, and they want us to keep talking. Well, then they Please, said, okay. Like, Do yeah. you want me to keep talking yeah, about they it? Go, I don't have all this shit yeah, And they go, talk about the book again. Oh, <laughs> and they're like, well, uh, you know what? What's good about this is you don't just see Batman and Superman, but you see there are two counterparts, and uh, you're going on and on again. And then I get, and I'm like, yeah, uh, you know what's funny is this used to be world's finest, and uh, that's about Batman and Superman. And they're like, Batman's okay, and, and then basically they're like, okay, we've heard enough. So I'm like, oh my god. Now again, I had already told you that I was hoping that I wouldn't be on anyway, but now <laughs> I'm getting upset because I think I'm either going to ruin this, or they're just going to say like they're going to each they're going to have hand signals there, so I can't hear or they'll mute their stuff and say, listen, this gym guy is awful. He is so bad. Let's just pretend the audio doesn't work, and we'll just get Eric. So they come back, and I, uh, Jeff it was a guy there. 
a little yeah. small talk. He, you know, he he probably realized we were a little nervous, and also just, you know, we were and getting we're just bored. There while they're checking yeah, shit. I get he bored was, very yeah. easily. So he comes on and he starts. You know, he's like, "Hey, you guys, uh, looking forward to Batman versus Superman movie?" Again, I I, I froze again. I'm like, uh, "You suck at small uh, talk." Yeah, I'm worried about the Batman. And then you and him are talking. And then this is what happens like in any time if I'm at a party or anything like that. I kind of just walk party. away. I walk away to like the, the side of the room and just watch everybody else. Because then you and Jeff started talking. I just was listening. And yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, he seemed like a good guy. Then they have uh, Dynamic Forces was the place that was going to be selling this comic. And the CEO, this Nick who was on the show. He was going to be on the show. They had him. Like, he came on, and I think they wanted to get a little rapport with us and him a little bit. But he's like, hey, guys, you know what? Uh, this isn't all about just selling comics. I want people to be things. And, you know, it's half bull crap. But uh, I think he was genuine, that he yeah, really he likes, well. he loves comics and wants to push it on. So then Christine, who is the hostess with the mostest there on the TV, who I'm telling you, Hopefully she doesn't listen to this because I'm going to start ripping her right now because oh, she had to have been the most phony person I've ever heard. She and was again, a seller on a shopping it is. network. She's it's doing a her shopping job. network. In fact, beforehand they had they were selling a I think a paintless spray that type was not device. Her. No, I'm saying, but if okay. they would have said at the last second, "Hey, you're just going to do that," she would have been the same thing. But yeah, she's going on during this thing about uh, how she's just started collecting comics. Yeah, she started collecting comics. <laughs> she. Uh, they say, hey, Christine, do you want to talk to the guys real quick? What was her response? Just no. All we hear <laughs> from the background, no. And then Come I on, made Christine, a joke. Talk I, to me. I made a joke and I said, oh, Eric, no women want to talk to you ever. And again, that was my first attempt at a joke on this. And, and they not, might as well have hit the cricket buttons. Yep, I said, <laughs> if I had the cricket button, it would have been great because nothing. So then they're talking. They're like saying, so I, since that didn't go well, I figure I'm going to give them a zinger the next time. <laughs> Which came a couple minutes later, they say, okay, then the talent will introduce you guys. And, that, and I said, wait a minute, guys. I just want to stop you. Eric considers himself the talent. I thought it was a funny joke. Not the, uh, they basically, everybody stopped and then, okay, when the talent introduces you, it's like nothing. No reaction, nothing. I'm like, great. So that when you watch this video or if you do watch it um, and you wonder why we're pretty – straight to straight laced and you know that's why because before this they just they, there was no nonsense they they didn't want nonsense i guess and i wanted nonsense uh including there such enough there wasn't enough time well for we'll get to that because also they say this now this is tuesday we're not doing this until wednesday night at 1 a.m and yeah, I'm it's sure, like six o'clock p.m on a yeah, tuesday night i'm sure some people out there are like jim you're a, a fucking idiot because eric when is wednesday night at 1 a.m. <laughs> that is after midnight Tuesday. Yes. Now, that, that sounds very simple a concept to, to grasp. How did both of us not realize this? Well, you told me it was Wednesday night, and I made the joke, apparently. I don't even remember doing this, where, like, because me and my friends growing up, we always called it Rule 72. It's not the next day until you go to sleep and wake yeah, up. Yeah. Now, again, in my, in my mind, the thing that was throwing me off was the Wednesday night. Right. They kept saying Wednesday night. And, and that'd be the, Wednesday morning to me. The time, I know it doesn't make sense. The time to me just felt like, okay, well, and then, then I even said to you, I thought to myself, 
Maybe this is a TV thing because of the way scheduling is and how a TV uh, grid of programming goes that they consider. I know that it's what I, I, it's just ridiculous. We thought we were going to be doing this Wednesday <laughs> on Thursday, 1 a.m. I even put it on on the uh, the post originally that, hey, it's Wednesday night at one. I know that should be Thursday, but hey, we're not going to, you know mix words or what we're we're idiots because then at the end they say to us okay see you tonight or see you in a couple hours see you tonight one of the best guys we talked to just kept saying is he's giving us the rundown of what's going on so we do this tonight and he just keeps yeah do you have any questions i was like so this is going on tonight right actually the best part is is i think i was already disconnected then because the last thing i heard was hey we'll see you guys tonight and then they hung up on me, and I think the Skype called, and they had to hang up that because that's the last I heard. Now, right. I was also uh, uh, in the boys' room, the little boys' room at that point. And so I get off the phone, and I'm like, what the – what? And I ran downstairs, and I said to my no wife, question. Tanya, I think that we have to do it tonight. And then I got on and texted you what the hell's going on is it tonight and at the same time i pushed the send and immediately get something that you were running at the same time like holy shit it's tonight yeah holy shit i guess okay so so then i go and i go into panic mode where i better know what i'm talking about so i (laughs) i get out the uh batman superman number one i start going through i'm taking notes and also not only that we were supposed to also talk about batman 66 meets green horn Yes. So I got both those issues out and start reading them and taking notes and thinking of what I'm going to say. Oh, my God. The whole time they want us to talk about this book, and I'm going to get on and not know anything about talking about the book. So I go on and on. And then uh, originally we thought it was going to be Wednesday. We were just going to do um, – I was going to do all my reviews, stay up. And now I was like, the hell with it. I'm going to sleep. It's like 9.30. I'm going to bed. I'll just wake up and do it at 1 o'clock. When, the, when we're supposed to do it, I'll get up. And then do that, which I did, but only after doing all these notes and getting all ready and getting prepared and doing all this stuff. So then it came the time they were supposed to text us beforehand and say, hey, guys, it's coming up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which they never did. So yeah. I'm on. I'm watching the channel. I'm watching this paintless spray thing. Now I see that all of a sudden <laughs> here we go. Uh, it's the. Uh, dynamic forces thing and there's you know this Kristen and nick and they're talking christine Christine, Kristen. uh the problem is is that i'm waiting for them to call so i have the sound down uh, but i see it and then we get a call they're like okay guys you're gonna go in and what's weird i got the call at like 120 like 121 i think i said and they're like okay you, you guys are set to go on at 120 like that was a minute ago. What what is going well, they on? They upset. It was running late because I had yeah. been on since like one like uh, ten. I think. Okay, yeah. And, then, and I was just sitting there, and then yeah. Jeff kept talking to me. And like cause the, the screen oh. I saw was the actual show. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. You had your Skype with the screen. I'm watching yes. it on TV. There's a delay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So then we're waiting, and now they have the live feed going through. So you're watching whatever. I'm listening yeah. to it on my phone. Did they ever tell us that, okay, guys, 10, 10 seconds, you're all, nothing. Oh, they did to me. Yeah, nothing to me. I'm just on the <laughs> phone. And, and so what they do is, because I'd been so awful in this preliminary thing earlier <laughs> that day, 
they decide to talk more to me <laughs> out of nowhere. And what, what the hell was the question that they asked? Like, hey, Jim, tell us why people should get into comics. Yep. Never what? discussed. No. I had no idea. I'm waiting for them. They have this comic out. I'm waiting for them to say, oh, so, Jim, what's this comic about? What we talked all about. Nope. They come up with this crazy <laughs> ass question. They couldn't tell us this beforehand. They couldn't have sent an email with, hey, guys, here's six questions. Uh, pick two that you like. Or here, here's two that we're going to ask you. Jim, we're going to ask you this. Uh, Eric, we're going to ask you this. I had no idea what I was talking about. Then I start <laughs> talking. There's this delay that is making it so I can't even hear myself talk. So I don't even – I really – again, we're talking about this right now. I still haven't watched it. I haven't watched it because I – Really? I No. I've never watched it with – I have my computer downstairs that doesn't have sound. And, right. But, no, I have not watched it. Uh, you want to hear a little audio from it? Sure. I do have it queued up, I think, somewhere here. Oh, and you know what? I don't. <laughs> that is professional. But, yeah, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're asking me a question. I said – you said uh, kind of like uh, you kind of shook your head because you knew that I, I was screwed. Oh, no, I, I kind of died inside just a little bit for you because I knew, oh, my God, they're coming. Oh, this question is out of left yep, field. Out of he nowhere. No, and again, we're talking about a person who had frozen up every time I even knew what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> ay, yeah, yeah, I'm getting the thing set, so Cheers. here it goes. And joining us on the phone right now, we have Jim. How are you, Jim? I'm doing great. So glad that you're joining us. Um, so what advice do you have for somebody that maybe is starting to be a comic book collector? What a bitch. Hey, How hey, the hey. hell? I, seriously, not... I know she's given that question, but seriously, uh, what, what are they thinking? They didn't tell me they were going to say that. Here we go. Well, first off, just you have to get over the fact that uh, when I was growing up, comics were for nerds. And that's not the case anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. You have not. to get over that fact first off. I am in my 40s. I have five kids, and I'm a huge comic fan. So it's not a typical thing where it's just some group. You just got to go out and get it. And as you mentioned before, a great thing to do is start with number one. You grab a comic that comes out, something that interests you, like the Star Wars comics you've been having on. That's a great way to jump in. Get uh, interest you have, something that draws you in, and then I'm... I'm guaranteeing you'll find something that you'll love, something that you'll latch on to. What the hell was I talking about? I hey, no you idea. sounded good, brother. I had no idea. And as and the thing is, too, is there's this delay. So I see, and this Nick is paging through the comic, as I'm saying this. <laughs> they should have asked us what the thing was about. Or at least say, hey, um, what did you like about this uh, issue, this comic when it came out? Something like that. No, they, they asked me why I should be interested in or what advice. What advice am I going to have? I get things, first off, I get things digitally. So yeah. my, my advice would be to skip these print comics. Don't buy a comic for freaking $193. Buy it when it comes out for freaking $399. There's my but advice. But, Jim, it was a special cover. J Jay Lee did it himself yeah. at a convention, Again, which he doesn't do very often. And uh, I think I mentioned that, but we had talked beforehand that um, you a big Jay Lee fan? No, I'm not. And neither am I. And, in fact, when this issue came out, we, <laughs> we hated the art. I, I'm telling you, I gave you this book because I couldn't deal with Jay Lee's yeah, art remember, And the, the best then I say uh, later about how, um, yeah, I pulled it out, which I have it digitally. 
But also, I pulled it out. He wasn't and, talking about yeah, the comic. No, I pulled it. Yeah, I pulled it out, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I got arrested. I pulled Excuse it out, and I wanted, I wanted one of those covers. That I, I wouldn't. That, that those covers are. I know that we were talking about it at work, and you said, you know what, the guy does it quick. He's at conventions, whatever. But yeah. man, oh yeah, yeah. Here, what else are they saying here? Okay, now let's talk about the offer that we have right now. So this is the Batman and Superman. And what makes this appealing to comic book collectors? Well, <laughs> what? thanks a lot there, Christine. Well, thanks for thank, all these, you know, I had a great time doing this. Yeah, uh, I said, and they, they kind of said generically that they wanted to have us back. I don't know if they meant it, but man, if they're going to do this again, please give us some questions ahead of time. And she's reading right off a, a piece of paper about, you know, all these questions. Why couldn't they have prepared us? Ay, ay, ay. And I'm going to look. Then, then you come out with. Uh, then the, the other thing that I, I probably won't even get to the part when I'm playing that I tried to play the game for them. I'm like, oh man, you know what? Those Star Wars comics you had before look great. And then what did they do? They threw me under the bus. Oh, which one was your favorite? But what? Hey, well, the, you tried. You brought it up, brother. You brought yeah, it up but that yourself. was I, like I said. I was playing the game. Yeah, we're was, talking about DC Comics. That's I'm Star trying Wars. to help them out, and and they say that, and I'm like, I don't know, Princess Leia, because I think Princess Leia was the last one that they mentioned yeah, right was. before we went on. So that's the only one I can remember. And then I felt, I'm like, wait, wait, that Yoda cover. I love uh, that Yoda cover. I love that Yoda cover. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they go to Jill. Us via Skype. There we go. Right. Hey, there he is. Look Eric at that. is joining I, I us. Think Hi, she Eric. Might Thanks you, for being Eric. part of the show. So glad to have you here. Um, so what do you think is so appealing about the Superman of Batman, like a freaking, uh, a comic that we're talking a about? Theatrical freaking well, look. This is a it. really a cool screen. They stretch my head out. Yeah. Oh, you're really stretched out. You you look big. That uh, I'd say that the uh, that that screen put about two pounds on you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's oh, hear sure. what you said. I don't even remember what you said. Let me hear this. We hear. Um, so, what do you think is so appealing about the Superman and Batman uh, comic that we're talking about? Well, this is a really cool issue because not only is it the first meeting between Batman and Superman. You know what gets me mad watching this now? They asked you exactly what they asked you while we were doing the preparation. Yep. Yeah, basically, that whole, this whole spiel you've done three times now. Uh-huh. You are a jerk. I think they, they said, you know what, Eric's going to shine with this headband and that crazy beard. Uh, uh, but, but, Jim, we're going to put on the spot and make him Superman, look real ass. Of the new I want to say, too, because of the universe. goddamn uh, that beard there. Yeah. Like, the week before that, I had a big old freaking Grizzly Adams beard. Yeah, you did. And I figured I better shave for this goddamn thing. So I was trying to go for that uh, Liam Neeson, uh, Ross Al Ghul from Batman yeah, it Begins does, look. It doesn't come out like that. No, it does not. No. And then you sent us to Reggie the next day. Mm-hmm. After we did it, and he's like, "Oh, I see Eric's rocking the husky man's beard." Yeah. And I'm like, "Holy shit, he's right. That is the husky man's beard." I like later when I'm looking at the thing later. Uh, they go with you full screen. That's what I'm saying, and they yeah. freaking do that, and it just stretches my goddamn face out in my head. I'm oh god, I look terrible on that. Nice. Tell you, it's because of this TV thing. I am now like shaved. I went out and got a haircut today. Fully shaved. To a degree, I got some stubble on because my electric razor broke today. Oh, I wasn't talking about that. Ooh. I thought maybe you got the Brazilian wax. No, I used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? No, I didn't. That'd be crazy. Then you would want the Princess Leia. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you want the Yoda. Hey, wasn't that the number one comic? 
Uh, yeah, it was, and they had it. I, uh, the whole thing. So I, I would say that it was it was an okay deal. Now, again, it, it killed me for three days. I was so tired at work for oh, three so days. Sorry, that the, all three days. And it, it killed us doing any reviews for two straight nights because we were nervous about it and doing this. And we, I don't know. Uh, we had TV mode on, man. We couldn't get back to doing reviews or previews yeah, and, and shit. Again, I'm not going to play all the audio, but it, she screwed up the website. She, she, you I don't, swore up and down on the day that she screwed up your name when she did Yeah, not. I thought she did, but the website she butchered. Oh, yeah. So, again, and then we got done, and when it was over, <laughs> we were both convinced that we, we were going to get called again. We didn't know. They never really said. Well, because originally we were supposed to do the Batman 66 meets yeah. the Green Hornet number one, and that was originally, but I guess we ran long, so they decided to go. I don't know. I, I think they just decided to just do one. I, I think okay. that was ahead of time. Again, really they never do. told us. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we tried to make it so, because originally this was going to be like an hour later, and we're like, well, we yeah. don't want to stay up and do this, so can't you put it back to back? Well, no, actually, originally, that I forgot even that. Originally, because of the whole Skype thing, you were going to be on at, like, say, one fifteen. then I was going to be on at 2.15. Right. And we're like, no, 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 that <laughs> that's not going to happen, so... We changed that up, but yeah. But uh, like you got off the phone, though, and I stayed on for a little bit. I was talking to Jeff. He's like, you know, you guys did a great job. Thanks. So I was like, all right, so uh, that's it then? He's like, yeah, all right. Well, you guys have a good night. And I hung up, and I lay, I stayed up for a little while after, and then I laid in bed for an hour after I tried to go to sleep because I'm yeah. thinking to myself, what if they try to come back to us with Batman 66? Yeah, no, nobody was going to be on the phone then because no. I, I think I turned my ringer off. Uh, but yeah, we we were pretty straight laced. I had so many jokes I wanted to do. I was gonna like mention that when we first came up, if I was on Skype, I was gonna hey uh, hey this isn't chat roulette. That was gonna be my first one. Uh, I also then as I was listening to your stuff, uh, I was gonna come back and if they brought me back, I was gonna come back and say hey before we go on, I want to thank Eric for dressing up for the occasion. It was gonna be another one, but. I I no jokes. Oh, and at the first two, I panicked a little bit when I first went on because during the original, like the initial, like setup in the uh, hours before this, they, the guy came on. He's like, "Look, if you if you have a problem with your audio or your like video, don't freak out and start don't yelling or doing yeah, yeah, things yeah. because that doesn't mean that we can't hear or see you." Yeah. So was... when I when I first started talking, I can't hear myself. I couldn't hear myself the entire time. Mm -hmm. So I was just hoping that they could. And then throughout this, you'll see me move and do like you blink a bunch a lot. of times. Yeah. Because I could not see myself move. I thought my video was frozen on the back screen there. Well, that was another funny thing when we were setting it up. They said, listen, like you said, they said, hey, if you can't hear anything or whatever, your audio might still be live. So if you start yelling stuff, it's going to be on, on air. <laughs> and they said, just don't do that. So then we go through a test, and the first thing I did, I couldn't hear anything. Hello? Hello? Can anybody <laughs> hear me? And the, Jim, we told you don't do this. <laughs> I am such a moron. Like, they are not going to let me do this. And then they put me on the spot. Hey, Jim, give me a hard 10. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was the other thing that they wanted us to give a hard 10. And every time they said it, I laughed. Oh, they must have been like, God damn, this guy must be like 15. Then I'm like, hey, I'm 40 years old with kids. Are nerds not for nerds. You told me that you almost screwed up a 10 count. Yeah, I did. Because they said a hard 10. And I start doing it. I'm like, one, two. And. It was echoing and stuff, and then I was losing track. And at one point, I was going to make a joke and like skip a. Uh, it was awful. Yeah, the whole thing. Luckily, when we did it, they just put us on the spot actually and just did it. Because right. the more I think about stuff, but still, that whole thing about it being at one a.m. That's that's Wednesday morning to me. Yes. 
Yes, it is. But yeah, that was crazy. But uh, you know what's going to be next now? Because that's all the news. We had enough talk about us on oh, TV. Uh, <laughs> you have a face for a radio, my friend, and I have Barely. a voice for nothing. <laughs> even though when I was listening to that, my voice sounds so odd on that even. I know when I listen to the podcast, it sounds bad enough. But on that, I come busting out and yelling. Well, uh, even on the podcast and on that, I don't think that's the way I sound. And I hate my jerk-off voice whenever I hear it. I'm sure that everybody else thinks the same thing. <laughs> so am I. With my face as well now. Uh, speaking of that. Next time, I'm going to look cute. <laughs> yeah, next time. Next time. I, I have a feeling they're going to want to switch it up. And then I'll be next time, and then people will really be like, oh, my God, what's that guy? Hey, Jim, you know what you're doing right now? What's that? You're talking to America's next heartthrob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the next, uh, you're going to p- replace, uh, what's his name, Zane or whatever in. Uh, really Zane? No, no, on one, in One Direction. You're going to be in One Direction with those guys. You, Harry, and all those rest of those guys. Dancing it up. You're a good dancer, aren't you? I'm a gigantic man. Of course, I'm a good dancer. <laughs> You're not a good dancer whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know who is a good dancer? Who's that? Dan Stransky. And you know this that guy can dance like the Dickens. I heard at one point he was the John Travolta of the Baltimore area. Is that where he's from, Baltimore? New Jersey. New Jersey. Why did I think Baltimore? I have no idea. Well, when he goes to Baltimore, they said that he is the John Travolta. People are like, who's John Travolta? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, it's Dan Stransky's news time. I would have gone Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon? Then nobody, Footloose, man. Nobody, yeah, Footloose is so bad. Zach Efron. Wasn't he in the remake of Footloose? No, and I lost a bet to that. Yeah, remember? Yeah, that's was. where I get it. I keep thinking that because of you. Who else is a good dancer nowadays? Chris Brown? I don't know who that is. He beats women. Oh. But man, he can dance. He's like the uh he is the Michael Jackson who doesn't like little boys but likes to beat women. That's how I would explain Chris Brown. Is that Rihanna's boyfriend? Well, I don't know if a boyfriend anymore. They oh, I'm saying at the time, that's who we were talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's who he beat up. But I, I heard that at one point they had a restraining order against him, but then they started dating again. I don't know what's going on with these kids nowadays. I've had that. She just didn't know we were dating. Yeah, yeah again. usually when you know you you beat back in the old days, you beat a woman and then that's it. They actually then you you marry her. <laughs> I don't know. That's back in the fifties. I don't know what I'm talking about. I wasn't born until late sixties. Sixty nine. So Dan's geek news, huh? Yeah, it's late. We we started late tonight, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. It was like World War Three at my house earlier. So we, we started a little late, and I, I probably come off as uh, very tired, because I am. But, yeah. That's uh, every week. Dan Stransky. Isn't he in the Baltimore area? No, I don't believe he is. Cancun? Cancun? Yeah. Cancun? <laughs> seven kitchens? Uh, I talked to Dan earlier. He told me some of the things he was going to talk about in his news, and I think uh, I forgot them all. I think he's going to talk a little Jared Leto. All He's right. going to probably talk a little. Is that how you say it or is it Leto? I think it is Leto. I have no idea. Jared Leto. He's going to talk Jared Leto. He's going to talk. I actually thought when I heard the news about the Green Lantern um, Star, Star Trek. Trek, I thought he'd be right on that. But no. Um, he's also going to talk a little about Star Wars digital releases. He's going to talk a little bit about the cancellation of The Simpsons on DVD. All right. 
That is what I call geek news. Hello, Weird Science. Dan here coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. Uh, I just want to start this off by saying I am very sad because optical media is officially dead and digital will rule the world. There's no other way to introduce this first story that's not going to hurt longtime collectors like me. Al Jean, producer of The Simpsons, has announced in a Twitter Q&A that The Simpsons DVDs are no longer being produced due to a dying DVD market. He did state that the commentaries and deleted scenes would still be made available to fans through Simpsons World, which only comes with two requirements. Requirement one is that you're inside the USA, so anybody who's overseas or in Canada or Mexico or South America or anywhere, uh, you're out of luck. And number two, you need to have a cable subscription. So cord cutters like me are left out in the cold and left feeling hurt and betrayed by a series that we loved. Um, Gene did say he was going to still make the commentaries and deleted scenes available through FX now and through through Simpsons World, and he's going to try and do it with digital downloads, but it's not the same as having all the packaging on the shelf with the characters, and I'm really going to miss that. Um, there aren't words to describe how I feel about that, because Simpsons DVDs are really something special. Uh, he did say that there was a possibility of them doing a master set comprising the entire series, but that's only going to be possible if the series is actually allowed to end. And that's going to be bittersweet, because that's going to mean that they're not working on the show anymore. Uh, so that'll be one of those sad moments, but also, woohoo! <coughs> uh, there was some good news in the land of home media, however. <coughs> Digital officially... <coughs> has given fans something that they wanted, releasing a digital collection of the Star Wars Saga on Friday, April 10th. Uh, I personally haven't bought the collection because I'm happy with my Blu-ray Saga changes notwithstanding, and only plan to purchase again when they release the unaltered original trilogy in HD. Uh, due to Fox not being involved, the 20th Century Fox fanfare has been cut and it's been replaced with a new uh, flourish that I believe they took from Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but aside from this, from what I've heard from everybody, these appear to be the uh, remastered special editions of the film. So, of course, Han still doesn't shoot first, even though Han shot first. End of rant. Uh, so, you know, if you've got the Star Wars saga sitting on your shelf, you probably don't need to pick this up. Uh, however, if you don't own the films or if you have a child that you want to introduce these films to... This is going to be a fantastic way to do it. They're available on iTunes. They're available on Amazon. Uh, I believe somebody said they were available on Disney Movies Anywhere, which is great if you have a, you know, a smartphone, tablet, and you just want to get these, make it nice and easy. They have new special features, which I've resisted so far. David Ayers, director of the upcoming Suicide Squad film, has released a photo of Jared Leto, uh, supposedly as the Joker, in an image paying homage to The uh, Killing Joke, which is a classic Alan Moore graphic novel about the origins of the Joker. Uh, I didn't get a chance to take a good look at the photo, but from what I saw, I did like it. I could see some white in Jared Leto's face, some green in his hair, uh, but I'm hoping they're going to make the skin whiter and the hair a bit greener. Um, but what I saw, it's getting me excited for the film. Duolingo which is a popular iOS app for learning how to speak another language, has tracks for English, French, Spanish, German, uh, things of that nature. Well, they recently added a program, which is their language incubator, where native speakers of a tongue can actually create a language track for less popular languages. Not to say that any language isn't popular, but, you know, you got millions of people trying to learn French and Spanish, maybe only... 
100,000 people who are going to take part in this new track from the Incubator, which is a Klingon track. That's right. A well-respected language app is going to be adding in a Klingon course. I am so taking that. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Star Trek fans out there who don't speak Klingon yet who are going to want to at least try their hand at it. Geek.com is reporting that the PC edition of Grand Theft Auto V is going to be shipping with seven DVD discs to store all the game data. Now, on one hand, this is definitely a physical waste because you only need these discs once to install the game. But on the other hand, seeing this news article just took me back to my childhood. I used to love playing computer games, and I remember having to install CD, pop it out, put the next CD in. Then it would take the data and it would say, put the next CD in. You would do this for like four or five CDs. And now to put this in perspective, a CD, back when I was buying games when they first came out, a CD held 700 megabytes. <clears throat> so if you had a, a game that had like four CDs, that was only a couple gigs for the game. Uh, now they're on to DVDs. They're saying seven DVDs. A dual-layer DVD holds eight gigs a day to each. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, not everybody's computer is going to have a Blu-ray drive, so they couldn't just throw this on one or two Blu-ray discs. Um, but I've seen... Uh, the stu uh, the promotional material leading up to the new uh, PC release of Grand Theft Auto V, and even though the game is 18 months old, and I picked it up the first day it came out for the PS3, the PC version looks beautiful. Fox has released their first image of, uh, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank, I think it's Jamie Bell who's playing The Thing in the new Fantastic Four movie. They've released an image of what The Thing looks like, and the thing looks pretty good, considering he's being done as a CGI character. I may go see this movie, but I'm still very upset with uh, the whole war between Marvel and Fox. Or Yeah, Marvel and Fox over this movie. Um, but yeah, that still does look pretty cool. Uh, other than that, I can't think of any other major news topics. I don't have anything else written down here on my sheet of paper. Um... Daredevil is streaming now on Netflix if you're if you've been waiting for that series. Um, as always, you can check out my blog over at 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com where I actually do have an article that'll teach you how to use the Vulcan emoji on the new iOS 8.3 update out now for the iPhone and the iPad. And if you want to check out my digital and vertigo reviews, you can do that over on Weird Science. Until next time, this is Dan signing off. Can you name the truck with four-wheel drive? Smells like a steak and seats 35. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? All right, we're back, and that was Dan Stransky. Do you think he talked about Fuller House again? I don't think he talked. I said Fuller House the last time. <laughs> I know. When I listened to that, we came back from that yelling about Fuller House. He never mentioned the title of the Full House reunion <laughs> show being Fuller House. We sounded like idiots, and we were like yelling and screaming. Whatever. I had a good time. Well, we tried to watch Full House today, really? me and the kids, but we couldn't find it anywhere. It's Why nowhere weren't you on watching TV Daredevil? Uh, they watched it. My kids and my wife watched Daredevil. They love it. I uh, finished it uh, early this like. Uh, 12, 1 o'clock? Okay, well, last night, last night, Rafe and Ethan, my 12-year-old and my 14-year-old, stayed up till, like, 1 watching Daredevil, and it was so loud that people getting the crap kicked out of them. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, people who say that Marvel movies, like, they like them better because they're not as dark. Yeah, movie, that was pretty dark. 
Oh yeah, this is really brutal, and it is so goddamn good. Yeah, Rafe I watched was, about nine straight hours of it yesterday yeah. after work. Rafe was mentioning that uh, he likes Daredevil better than Batman now. Well, Rafe's and, dumb. Well, <laughs> and I was trying, I was trying to tell them about the whole concept of each character of these Marvel things getting their own series, and then it ends up with them in the Defenders at the end. Yeah. They they're they're very confused. They don't. What is it? Thirteen episodes? Yeah, yeah. They think that that's season one, and there's going to be like all these other seasons. That's well, they, it. it's labeled as season one on the Netflix. No, that's what they were. Yeah, maybe that's just how they have to do it. I don't agree. Ah, uh, but what section of the podcast are we at? Oh, we're at the books, brother man. Books, books, books. We are at the books, and Man, we're going to talk gonna about books. Bit, it's a little bit different because it's Convergence Month. Yeah, it is Convergence Month, so none of that stinking Batman. Uh, we probably won't see any Superman or Flash, right? No, it, you're an <laughs> asshole. I'm trying uh, to get at this because Convergence is not what we thought it would be. No, no, it's not. Well, uh, I thought this was going to be like, you know, each one is going to be a dome comes down. And people have to fight one dome. Mm-hmm. There's five domes that are going on in this well, first in week. Well, in this this week, yeah. Yeah, this uh, first week. And in fact, like I said, we, we'll talk. We were even discussing it before. There's what they said were six, are 50 cities. That's yes. what they called out. So there's all these things. But each issue this week has like a, uh, a five cities kind of spelled out. Pre-Flashpoint Gotham, El Inferno, Flashpoint Gotham, Hollywood, California, and New York City, Angor. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. And yeah, again, before we start, I just want to say one thing is any time that they push that, hey, hey, uh, people who were uh, wanted their old people back, I want anybody who wants your old characters back and your old stories, anybody turned off by the new 52, this is your chance to see your old stories and your old that's bull crap. These are not, yes, you might get a, a your, your character you want, it's not the stories you want. They made it seem like all of a sudden they were going to have this convergence and somehow you were going to get a continuation of these stories that stop. It's not, it, it is a new, it's a convergence story. But yeah, if you like uh, Nightwing Oracle and you wanted the story from back in the day, and it, you're not getting it, you're That's getting the problem. It's a year la- at, later after they've lived in yeah, the dome. Yeah, um, I actually thinking about this whole event and this convergence thing in general. I think that this would have been a better thing to have a weekly, like a year long weekly, as a oh, convergence title, but just so that you could have more of these stories and and again it wouldn't be the same thing i'm not saying that you'd have you know eight months of it of them under the dome right i'm saying that just the event itself instead of an event just have a convergence title and and be able to tell because telling you some of the stuff came off a little odd a lot of these people in these quote-unquote cities are there for no apparent reason except to be there for these titles. There's a shit ton of heroes in pre-Flashpoint Gotham. Oh, my God. Gotham is stacked. Uh, And every book, and you get these weird... It's like your mom. Yeah, my little English muffin. Uh, They have... uh, The problem I have with with some of these books is almost like the the issue you have when you have a uh, Batman solo title and a Justice League title, where when Batman's off doing something... You're wondering where the hell Superman is. Well, in these, exactly. you read a title, like you read a Nightwing Oracle, and things are going on, and you're like, 
Wait a second. If Superman's here, where is he? Or why isn't Batman reacting to this? Or why aren't they? I'm telling you, the you're going to talk about Convergence <laughs> number one. And I'll talk about Nightwing Oracle, uh, the next one. But I'm telling you, when this dome goes down, I would, I would just expect Nightwing to get right on that phone and call Batman. And yeah. see what Batman's doing. And, and Tim Drake and Cassandra and, and Cain. Although, and I would think Stephanie that, Brown. And again, that's why I'm wondering Bat why they just didn't have like the Convergence Bat family. Because I'm telling you, they'd all They're be together. All but again, I said, I, I, I was very negative going into Future Zen when some stuff like this would happen. So I'm, I'm a little more, I have a happier heart there, Reggie. <laughs> um, I'm not going to nitpick about the things. I'm just going to take them as they go. Um, yeah, because yeah, if if I'm gonna go into every uh, title and just say, well, where is this guy or this doesn't make sense, uh, it's not gonna add up. So the I, problem I is, I'm know. still trying to establish the rules because I think I have a certain mindset of what the rules are for each. Like for when I go into the first issue, okay, this is how shit's gonna work. Yeah, and I go into the next issue, and things are a bit different. Well, yeah, and and especially in the way they decide who's gonna fight. Mm-hmm. Where they end up going? Which how, was not that was never a thing in my freaking books that I reviewed this yeah, week yeah. until I read yours. That yep. was not and in there. It's like and also who uh, like how they get there, where they go, all the all the stuff seemed to go different in each book. Even uh, there's little variations to the uh, Telos, his little speech. Some of them use that, and some of you have been in an infinite crisis. I have a couple books that don't even say that. Yeah, and, like for the most part, that is the speech that he gave in Convergence number yeah, one. Yeah. Some played it off and some did not. Some well, like, you know, paraphrased it. Yeah, well, that was the, the weird thing is because I forgot that they said that whole thing because it was cheesy. The, you know, some of you have been in a zero hour and some of you have been to Kingdom Come. And it, it was a little cheesy. And my first book, I believe they do not say that in Nightwing Oracle. And that was the first one I read and reviewed. Then I get that later, and all of a sudden it's that. I'm like, oh, what's going on? And I don't. We'll talk about it more in each individual book. But uh, some of the things seem really shoehorned in and, and forced. Yeah. But I'm going to go with it. So am I. But first, we have Convergence Number One that you did. Yes, Convergence Number One, written by Jeff King and Scott Liddell, with art by Carlo Paglia. <laughs> Carlo Pagulian, Jason Paz, John Starr, and Peter Steigerwald. Okay. Man, Jesus. Yeah. But no, this issue really felt unneeded after having an issue zero. Because yeah. all we're doing is reestablishing what we've already learned because of issue zero, which was like, you know, thought of after the fact. Yeah. Like uh Jeff Jeff King had already written issue one and had to go back and do an issue zero to explain it. Because for, I don't know why they felt like they needed an issue zero. This would have been fine, but not only does it establish what's going on with the different, you know, Telos taking over the, the dome cities now that Brainiac is gone, uh, the Brainiac God is gone. Yeah. Um, he's going to be, you know, pitting them against each other. It's a big deal. It's convergence. Yep. I'm getting the lowdown here, but I've already known this, and I really could care less at that point. I wanted the fucking story. Actually, I, I really think, well, first off, when it starts with Injustice is a little odd, the, the Injustice world. But what I think that this book really tried to force in the issue of what's going to happen with the um, Earth 2 society. Yes. That it seemed, and, and to me, it felt, I, I don't know, it felt odd that all of a sudden they show up and there's a big, oh, where's your city? You don't have a city. You're, and again, now I'm making the call that they win. I think the Earth 2 society has to win. They have a book coming out. Yeah. They can't die unless, of course, you, you tell me that 
nobody really wins, that they do fighting it. I, None of think, us really win. No, but do you think that that's what's going to happen? Where Because in almost all my books, there's people trying to team up right away. He spells out that you can't do that. Yeah. And right away, everybody wants to do it, which, again, it's a weird thing with this convergence because you are getting some cities against each other where most of the people in the city are good in yeah. both cities. So you wouldn't think that, you know, yes, you get Flashpoint, uh, Gotham, and there's some bad dudes there. But for the most part, it's not even like, hey, Bane from this world has to fight Batman from this. No, it's like Flash it's like versus a hell Wonder of a Woman. Game. Yeah, oh, I said, I even added in my notes that, man, this would be the greatest fighting game for DC because you, you have an infinite amount of people fighting. It just comes off weird in this. But yeah, uh, did you like the injustice part in the beginning? Well, the, it was very odd because here it is where they're talking about the failed experiment. We have Superman. Honestly, to me, this feels like it takes place after uh, like Injustice number two. Yeah, after yeah. that would have come out because instead of being in the Phantom Zone, Superman looks like he's been in prison and has an S like carved over his eye. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't remember that from the game at all. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the only thing that I can think of is that at some point the world did go under a dome. Yes, and they all lost their powers, and maybe at that point the fan, I maybe they they would explain something with that with when when the dome came, but he wouldn't even be in Gotham then. No, I'm assuming that it's Gotham City that they're in at that point. I don't yes. even know that they. So uh, he'd be in the Phantom Zone. He wouldn't have been there. So I don't know what happens, but maybe he was imprisoned, and when the dome came down, everybody lost their powers, and then that kind of led into this weird. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't the, know how he got I'm that ass. That, the problem is, like it says, it, the, the city is destroyed. It is completely destroyed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Tello says it is a failed experiment. Mm -hmm. And the problem I see is the city was in ruin, but yeah. I didn't see any other cities there to do this, to well, like come in and destroy it. Well, this is what I, I actually sent a message to you, but I also sent a message to uh, Jeff King, or Tom King, I'm sorry. Jeff uh, King. Or Jeff King. Why do I think it's Tom? Uh, I sent him a message because I thought possibly he could spell it out a little for us, but I think that the failed experiment isn't that another city destroyed uh, that Gotham. I think that what happened is at first they were going to have the heroes in this one reality fight each other. And Which we've already who, done in Injustice. Well, that's what I mean. That's Now, this could explain... That that all along was this crazy thing with Brainiac and Telos doing it. That's the only that they got this reality. I don't know, but this to me that's the failed experiment. That Batman versus Superman was supposed to decide who was the the big bad and who was the best, and it never really got resolved. And then, no, not at all. So that's to me that's the failed experiment. Okay, we're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to pit these guys against each other in their own realities. We're going to get all the different realities all these cities from all across the multiverse and we're going to have them fight each other out because it didn't work out this way and i think the city burning and gotham being destroyed that was the failure that it just nobody See, I, won i could go with that if they just would have said it in the book yeah i just think that that's just it was an aside and then on the uh site yeah chisanga especially was worried that this would have something to do with Injustice, the book itself, because what's odd to me, what feels weird about this is this is the one um, reality or whatever that is still actually going on somewhat. I yeah. mean, Injustice is only year four of Injustice starts out in May. Yes. And 
he was upset thinking, oh, my God, injustice is done. This is their way to – and I actually got a hold of Brian Bucciolato. See, all this is a lead-up for me to, to name-drop Brian Bucciolato. <laughs> uh, I got a hold of him and sent him a note, and he sent back that, no, this – I don't – he seemed like he hadn't even read any of this Convergence nonsense. He's like – I don't I, read comics yeah, he's like, And I, I think I put – what I put to him was, hey, uh, unofficially or whatnot, you know, I just want to be able to tell – with an authority that with authority that it is indeed going and he wrote no you can say officially we're finishing up you know we're we're doing year four uh, that'll be coming out still in may and we're already into it so there's no way that it's not happening which i didn't think it had yeah. anything to do with it. like you said it it goes on afterwards but yeah this whole thing is spelling out this uh this uh thing of a failed experiment if if it was what i said it would have been nice to say it's a failed experiment because uh, because the uh, in your own reality you like even if he spelled out that uh, hey batman you you won't go the full distance so it's a failed experiment because of that and that may be because that might be why he they wanted somebody to come out the victor but because batman will not kill somebody there's not a victor uh, i don't know but then they they go and i think that the only thing they threw injustice in was to show the result of what happens when a city and a reality goes down. Right. Uh, I think that's the only reason, and they grabbed injustice as just, hey, we'll use that, so it'll be easy to get rid of. We weren't going to use it much anyway, uh, so we'll use that to show the results of what happens. And again, maybe that's, what, like they said, you're going to have to fight, you're going to have to do this, and when Batman doesn't, that he failed. I, I don't know how you're gonna how in my little reality of what I'm making up it would explain the dome and all this you know what I mean like when did the dome come and why uh, if you think too much about it it, it kind of does fall apart but well, that's hey. why I put it like way ahead of where injustice left us yeah 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 I again but then like I said earlier I think that this issue's main goal is to introduce the Earth to heroes. And, and get them going in this whole story because well, that's the thing. Besides for the injustice and like stuff and the retelling of what convergence is going to be, the issue was just about Earth Two and what yeah. these heroes are going to do. But the problem is, it seems like Jeff King or Scott Liddell, whoever took over the writing for this section of it, got yeah. like notes from the World's End team yeah. and they wrote this terrible yeah. shit because again, like the things happened in World's End, things are happening just because with no explanation. Yeah. I... D- Dick Grayson is there. He's talking about how he's lost his wife. Doesn't mention his son like no. we're used to. And he's like, you, you, I've lost a lot, you know, my, and also he's yelling this. And the whole time, first off, again, I'm like, well, what about your son? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm also thinking like, here we are. We're, we're in this, we're on this foreign, you know, alien planet. There's probably what, six of them? Yeah, I think something like that. There's a good chance that everyone there has lost everybody they know. There's only six people here. That, you know, anybody who had any sort of family, they're gone. So Dick crying the blues, I, I don't know how. He, it would be like me and you on an airplane, and we're the only survivors out of 180 people that in this plane crash. And the minute that I get to you, I start complaining that everybody I know is dead. There's a very good chance that everyone you know is dead too. No, and, no, they wouldn't be on a plane with me. 
Well, that's true. Nobody would go anywhere with you. But still, you know what I'm saying? That And, and uh, Jay Garrett calls him out like, hey, my mom, I don't know. She got It's, it, it's so weird. It, and uh, I, I actually had a problem where he didn't even know who Dick was. And then all of a sudden he does, but then it's explained later. Oh, I know you, you war reporter. And then they have <laughs> such, it's such odd dialogue, too. It's like well, it's flowery all... words aren't saving people. And... See, all that stuff I really didn't have a problem with. No. The main, I'm telling you. The dialogue's fine for me. The problem is they're just doing things because. Like, Yolanda Montez should have died when she gave her powers to uh, Green Lantern yep. to try to save World's oh, End. You mean, you mean she's not dead? No, no. That's the thing. We saw her before World's End. She was just there. She's being a survivor with everybody else. But we have no explanation of why she's alive after this. Yep. And then now, here she is now, happy that she's alive. Again, without any explanation. Yeah. And when they have to start battling Telos's fucking Mercury robots or whatever the T-1000s he has, yeah, she grows claws. And, hey, it looks like I still have some of the red avatar in me left. I'm yeah. like, why? And they never explain it. And I started cursing at the book. And my girlfriend yelled at me for cursing at a book. And I cursed at her. And then we had a big fight. It was a you terrible, terrible You didn't night. Chris Browner. Oh, God, no, I'm not you. Okay. Well, here's the other thing that uh, it makes me laugh because even they know because when they say they have like little bit of things that I actually like where when each character kind of comes out, they have a little uh, placard type thing that explains yeah. who they are. And it says, Yolanda Montez, formerly the hero known as the Red Avatar of Earth, more recently alive, then dead, and now, and it's a big question. So they even know like, Jesus Christ, this woman's supposed to be dead. And now she has an avatar power again for no reason whatsoever. Uh, She has the green, or the red, I mean, right? Yes. Uh, Does Alan Scott, does he have the power of the green at the moment? I guess he still has a little in reserve, but not much. I don't think he has much at all. He claims, he says, I can't feel the green. So how does she have the red? I don't know what kind of uh, life is on there. And, you know, the red is any human living being. Yeah, but still, he's like, to me, that means when he spelled it out about that, it's... uh, just that there's no, you know what I mean? There, there's nothing. It, they're on an alien planet without any powers. But I don't know. I just thought it was ridiculous. All right. But, but no, I'm saying I, the, the art wasn't bad, though. I really, I, No, I, I like the art. Exactly. And I gave it a 5.5 out of 10 just because I did not need to learn about Convergence all over again. And if you're going to start writing for Earth 2 characters, at least give us some decent fucking writing for a change. It's been so long. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, a weird thing in all these titles, there's only one title actually this whole week that I, well, maybe two, that I didn't like the art. I think the art was strong in almost every title. Uh, I thought they did a great job, but uh, I like the art in uh, Convergence. That's all. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm looking at my notes. I like the art. I the, Some of the panel layout was confusing. I like the art. No, but so, I said I, I, the art was good, but the panel layout made it a bit confusing at points, and I, I think that it did. Sometimes I was I was having problems going, but, yeah, I, I would have given it like a 6.5. What did you give it? 5.5. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. But we'll move on to the next title, which that's is... That's pretty Con- bad. Yeah, yeah, Convergence Nightwing Oracle Number 1, which was written by Gail Simone with art by Jan Drusma. Dan Parsons and Wes Zioba. Zioba. All right. And this is one that I was really looking forward to. You know why? Why is that? Because it's Nightwing and Oracle. And I was very excited. So you're like everybody else out and, there. Yeah. This one probably was one of the most anticipated books I thought of all of them. Yeah. Uh, what was odd, though, when I, I reviewed it right away, and I was the first review for a long time, I, I was wondering what was going on. 
Uh, but it's a weird start because I'm going in this book thinking, okay, Nightwing Oracle, and what you get at the start is Hawkman and Hawkwoman fighting uh, the people of El Inferno, in particular Guy Gardner and Blue Beetle. Hold you know, on, so did, you told me you were going to read Convergence number one first. Did you, in fact, do that before? Well, this? remember what I, I told you. I started reading it and I got irritated. And I said, the hell with it, i got to get to my review. So I started reading Nightwing Oracle. But actually, you know why? Uh, because of what you said earlier about it. I realized very quickly that this did not have anything to do with uh-huh. what I was going to be reading. And it was more about the Earth 2 heroes. Right. So I was like, the hell with it. I'm, I'm getting on with my review. So I'll, I'll read this, <laughs> this later. But um, actually, what really took me um, by surprise when I first opened the, the issue itself and then how it started, I... I didn't know El Inferno from my uh, back of my ass. Right. Uh, were you big on El Inferno? No, I was not. Well, I looked it up and like the Justice Riders, and yeah. I, I, it sounds awesome to me. It sounds really good. And in fact, I, I might look into buying it if I can find it. I don't even know if they have it, if it's printed or, or even uh, digital. But it sounded pretty cool. But it opens up with Hawkman and Hawkwoman de- pretty much destroying the people in El Inferno correct i didn't read this issue yet okay well that's what happens it does (laughs) i am correct it starts like that well then you go into gotham and you see the domes up and i thought what the hell is going on what what is with it hawkman and hawk woman are that uh special that they get this head start and not only that but el inferno the dome must be must be down for them too because hawkman and hawk woman got in yeah so it just seemed odd to me that um for some reason they got a head start but you go into Gotham, and this is one that you get a um, a pretty good narration by uh, Oracle. It's depressing, but it, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good character thing where you have this dome. And again, this was the first one I read, so I didn't know what to expect with the dome and all this stuff. And what you get is Oracle pretty much talking about how the dome being up for a year has really affected people. It's really gotten people down. Uh, she seems pretty much suicidal herself. Uh, and then what you get is uh, you get Dick Grayson as Nightwing. And he seems to be dealing with all of this by almost being like a thrill seeker, like an adrenaline junkie, where you're stuck in this dome. Nothing changes. Things are, you know, bland and every day is the same. He wants to do crazy stuff. And there's a, a funny thing where he's going to bust into a, a museum and he wants to go through this huge window, like the, the top skyline. And Barbara has to tell him, no, you know, that costs too much money and, and we don't have the resources. So, and he's like, can I just j- go through the side window? She says, that's fine. So he busts through this window and he goes down and there is Mr. Freeze. And Mr. Freeze basically is like, oh, Nightwing, oh, you got me. Hands over. He has these diamonds. He's like, here you go. And he just, he's given up. And you get this you have it a little later in uh batman and robin as well where mr yeah. freeze is just he's done he's everything's the same so if he's gonna do you know they probably end up robbing the same things doing and for nothing uh then you get the peak at poison ivy who appears to me she is the she's the hero of gotham she yeah. is basically using her powers somehow no, I think she's just using a regular green thumb. Okay, well, she's using a green thumb more than anybody else there. It seems like they're making it seem like nobody else could possibly grow these plants, but she's she's feeding Gotham. Specialist. Uh, yeah, she's a specialist. So she's feeding her, and uh, 
this goes across a couple of the books. I have another book later that. Oh uh, yeah, it's in a bunch. Yeah, I have one, another one where it's a little odd, where she doesn't seem to be as much of a hero, but um, then you you get a part with uh, Corey shows up, Starfire shows up, and oh, uh, you didn't read this. She gets real sexy with with Dick, and <laughs> yeah, and um, she's like, oh I'm come on, but. Reading it a second time, I get the idea, and it's basically Corey. She doesn't know. She doesn't have personal space issues, and she's telling Dick to like she wants Dick to propose to Barbara because it'll it'll mix things up. Everything, like I said, everybody's bored. Everybody's the same. I think one of the things that it calls out is that twelve percent of the people are now happy that the dome's there, as Barbara tells you at one point. That's funny because um, I didn't read this issue yet, but. Throughout different things, I see people being happy that the dome's yeah, up, yeah. and then other times it seems awful. Well, it's it's again, she it depresses Barbara because Barbara wants this dome to be done, and she it's depressing her that people are enjoying it. And again, I'm telling you, she seems suicidal. And uh, so she's like you, you're mad that everybody else is mad a good at time. everybody. She doesn't like when people have a good time, just like me. I'm telling you, the worst thing that can happen with me is somebody else having success. I get yeah, angry, I but uh, it, this isn't na- success, but I think people are dealing with it better than Barbara, uh, and she doesn't like it. But so we're going, and like I said, Corey's like, Oh, you, you know, you're gonna mix it up, Dick. Come on, go. So Dick proposes to, to Oracle proposes to Barbara and this is one of the things where I think that this is where they said oh you know what we want continuations of stories and you'll get your characters you want in the stories that you wish continued yeah she says no <laughs> and I'm like oh, really that's so odd and basically <laughs> she, I, I understand though she says no basically because she's in a bad place right now and she does like no this isn't the time or place to be getting married I'm miserable, we're in this dome, whatever. But then Finding right, a wedding just sounds like a nightmare. Yes, it does. And right afterwards, the dome goes down. You get the tello speech. Nothing really is called out. Again, again in this one, it was weird because like, there's no, like, uh, you know, you're going to fight this, that. The speech gets done, the dome goes down, everybody seems to be you know, kind of happy, and then in walks freaking... Hawkman and Hawkwoman look like they walk across the harbor into Gotham and just basically start, you know, going to town. Dick shows up. He's going to fight his Nightwing. Oracle's there. They're We're both going to going town out. on Dick. Yeah, they love that Dick. So they're they're fighting, and what happens is again this this is such a weird one to to start with for me because a bunch of things happen that were really what I didn't think. Because what happens, Hawkman and Hawkwoman. Hawkman says basically that they're their city is weak. They don't think their city can win. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to forfeit our city. You win, but we're going to take refuge in the city. And so Dick and, and Oracle are like, you know, Nightwing and Oracle are, well, what's the catch? There's got to be a catch. Why, why would we want to do that? It's weird because the catch is Hawkman and Hawkwoman would then take control of the city and start making a... Uh, they're uh, Thanagarians. 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 Uh, they're going to replenish with the people of Gotham because they're pretty much what what they're doing is they're saying, "Listen, we're the last two of our our planet. We're going to do the." It's so weird, and uh, obviously Dick and uh, Barbara are like, "No, it's not going to happen." And at the end, 
you get this little thing where um, they're like, oh, they think we're going to fight now. I've already been fighting for the last 15 minutes. And it's Oracle doing some crazy, you know, text. Yeah, stuff. some Oracle shit No, right no there. Oracle was really good. I love the art of the issue, the, the art from uh, Jan Durusma, or Dorsima. I'm terrible with names. But the art was really, really good. I like the fact that it seemed like a realistic view of dome life. It wasn't fun. It was pretty boring. Uh, everything's kind of the same, uh, but I liked it, but it seemed odd to me. It just seemed odd. The whole uh, Hawkman, Hawkwoman thing about them getting a head start seemed odd, and just uh, it just seemed a little off. It just it it didn't seem like the, the issue that I thought it was going to be, and right. I thought it was going to be more fun, and I thought it was going to be more of a um, an upbeat issue, but it was not. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I walked into this this entire like first week of convergence with no idea what I expected going yeah. in. And once I like started reading a couple issues, it's for the most part it seems like uh, they're doing like all right. Well, here's like a little catch up. This is what we've been doing for the first year of the dome. Dome yeah, comes yeah. down. Now get ready for the big fight next month's issue. Yeah, yeah. That's actually for the the bunch of the, my first issues that I did review. It was seemed like that. Like a lot of setup for the big bash them out issue yeah. um but yeah then i had said it's so weird and i think that uh, i'm afraid that next week when we get this next set of books with five different worlds i'm guessing or whatever yeah. it is i have a feeling that it might switch it up even more i think that i'm not going to get a full grasp of this whole event until next month when these books we get the second issue of the first time we see a second issue that we'll see what what's going on but yeah i gave yeah. it an, i gave it an eight out of ten i did like it i just i really wanted to like it more yeah i gotta read this issue tomorrow yeah well i uh your next one i liked yo i liked it a lot convergence just league number one written by frank thierry with art by vicente Fuentes and monica cubina and i love frank thierry and vicente Fuentes. yeah oh I, uh, I i really like this issue so I'm sorry, that's why I picked this one to go into first when I started doing it, mm -hmm. just because of the creative team. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is going to be great. And then we get, right away we find out how all the freaking, like these characters in this book get shoehorned into Gotham. Yep. Jesse Quick uh, is having her baby. The, all the girls of the Justice League decided they're going to throw a surprise baby shower for her. And the way to get everybody together in Gotham is like, we're going to go see a show that Zatanna has in Gotham. Yep. So everybody's got to go to Gotham. And I'll... Jesse Quick does everything quick, so she's going to have her baby early. Did you like the premise of how they got into Gotham? Oh, uh, no. No, I, did I, not. I didn't mind it. Uh, from all the other ones of getting the people in there, um, I actually thought that was pretty funny. It, it is funny. Yeah, I I'm think saying... it kind of even pokes fun at the whole the whole process. I thought that was kind of funny. It is kind of, I'm saying right now my favorite way to get everybody where they need to be was uh, Speed Force. Yeah. And if they would have gone with that premise for the rest of them, I would have been happy with that. that. But every, this is funny. Every hero came into Gotham because there was some sort of uh, big disaster. That yeah, it's time, all... like something wrong with the time stream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that. But in this one, everybody's together, and Jesse Quick has her baby right when the dome goes up. So everybody's stuck in Gotham. Then we jump to one year later where it seems like everybody's you know used to their domed life, and the girls are just getting together again to have a girls' night out at the Belfry nightclub. Okay. Yeah. And we see, and we see that Mare is there, which I thought it was weird. Mare is there, but we didn't see her with the rest no. of the girls originally. Uh, it was also odd because the, everybody else is dressed. Kind of, now they're dressed sexy, but they're dressed in kind of normal. Dressed there, sexy as hell. There's, there's Mara. She's just wearing her normal outfit with the tiara. It's so <laughs> odd. She's just sitting there. 
She's a mopey, like, uh, she is mopey. She's mopey as hell. Yeah. Uh, then the dome comes down, and then Flashpoint Aquaman's first, first order of business when the dome comes down for Flashpoint Aquaman, he looks over at the pre Flashpoint Gotham. Hey, this, this city has a Mara. Hey, guys, go get that girl for me. Bring her over here. So they kidnap Mara, and the whole issue was pretty much the girls, like, fighting them, trying to get Mara back, and then they're deciding, now that we have our powers, we're going to get our friend back. And yeah. I can't wait to see them beat the shit out of Flashpoint Aquaman next issue. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's all like, I have my aquatic telepathy back. I will put all the sea life against them. I don't know what sea life's in this dome. Yeah. Shit ton, apparently, from That's this. That's what I'm but... saying. In the dome, or when the dome went down, you can't tell me that the planet had it because it looks like a desert. But, yeah, I there's some weird uh, <laughs> aquatic life that was either in Gotham Bay or, or the harbor, I mean. I, there's some weird stuff, and I think it was just kind of uh, like, eh, just throw in a bunch of things. We're not going to think about it. Because, yeah, <laughs> oh, I just think it's, it's almost like the joke about how pointless Aquaman is to a lot of other people. I love Aquaman, but everybody get, uses that joke. Yeah. But you have Zatanna, you have Jade, Vixen, and uh, Supergirl going to go get Mara back. And what, you, what do you have? Aquatic life. Yeah, aquatic life. Like I said, if it was legitimate, they'd have like, he'd have like five uh, trout and a bass. <laughs> I, I don't know. He has like the – at one point, well, Kara punches that uh, – like big octopus thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where did that come from? I don't think that's in a harbor. And honestly, after a year living under the dome, I think they would have eaten everything in the yeah, harbor. By yeah, then. yeah, really. Yeah. Later on in, in Batgirl, you see that everybody's eating hamsters. Some fucking gerbil fucking yeah, waste oh, and cook gerbil up. Crazy. Crazy. But I, I like that. We're making fun of the issue, but man. I, no, I, I'm saying it is enjoyable. Yeah, I, I like seeing it. I called it Girls' Night Out for my review nice. just because it was fun seeing all these girls together again and like yeah. just. Seeing them not be the superheroines, we know, just be friends. I honestly just had a lot of fun reading this book. The art was great. Yeah. I gave us an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, this was probably the one, the issue that had the most um, of what happened when the dome was up to me. That was like the major part of the issue, the dome still being up. And then, like you said, at the end, the dome comes down and then you set up the big fight for next next month. Yeah. Uh, what'd you give it? 8.5 out of yeah, 10. I probably would have given it the same. Good job, buddy. Thank you, baby. All right. My next one is Convergence Superman Number 1 by Dan Jurgens, written by Dan Jurgens, art by Lee Weeks. And I already said it earlier. This is my favorite issue of Convergence so far. And also, yeah, it's also my favorite start of an issue. The, the beginning I thought was awesome because you have Superman. Now, again, you want to talk about ridiculous things. <laughs> Superman, Lois, and Jimmy are in Gotham for a quote-unquote news convention. The generic news convention. It's funny because Jimmy kind of, to me, I, I think he might only say it once. But to me, he says it like eight times winking at Superman. Oh, we were here for the news convention. But the the issue starts off with a guy running around. And what you find out, it's Clark as Batman. It's his Pretty version great, of Batman. Yeah. It, it, he's dressed up. And it, they even say, like, how does Batman do this? And, and stuff like that. Or, you know, leave it to Batman. Well, the thing I want to know is, where's Batman when this is going on? I don't think he would have liked this. I think he'd have an issue with Superman running around like this. But in the meantime, you also have Lois, who's on an earpiece. She's at home. Oracle uh, in this as shit like up. an oracle. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, but what you have is there's, it looks like some crazy drugs. They even mentioned like it's, you know, when pe people always find a way to do bad things, the dome's up so they make their own crap. And Superman jumps down, kind of 
seems like he gets in over his head. He of jumps he down. Does. He doesn't have any powers. He's still athletic, but he gets down. Next thing you know, these guys pull out a flamethrower. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're just out of the blue. They have a flamethrower, and right as they're about to get it, and I'm telling you, this is no shock. You're reading it. You knew this was going to happen, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're about to kill Clark. The dome goes down right at that instant. They, he's in this pseudo C-list version of a uh, Batman costume. They get him with the flamethrower. Lois is like, oh, my God, Claude, what's going on? And then he's like, it's no problem. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this flamethrower gets rid of his Batman costume. And he now has a Superman costume on. I'm telling you, this probably is the only thing that bothered me in this issue. Because why? Why does he have a Superman costume so he's got on his, now? I'm saying he's got a nin, like almost a ninja suit on. Yeah, it's, it's like almost like we said. It's like El Gaucho. Yeah. Yeah. Where? Where is any of this? Uh, it, it's just odd that he would run around with. It's almost like he had underoos on. Uh, I don't like know. Grafted to his Are skin. we supposed to think that his suit now is a superpower? Actually, I'm surprised he didn't use the solar flare. But, uh, yeah, the dome goes down. He's there. He didn't uh, have that in pre-Flashpoint Gotham. I know. But they go back. Uh, he can fly now. He goes back to Lois. And, again, it would have been a pretty cool reveal if him going back to Lois. Oh, oh I can't believe Because they really do seem to do like a uh, don't show Lois's stomach right away. He goes in like, oh. And then all of a sudden you see Lois is pregnant. And I think it would have been a really cool reveal if it wasn't spelled out so many times beforehand that's you know that's what the whole issue is about yeah that's what i'm (laughs) saying and and the whole thing is like you get to see lois and and clark with the baby and you know pregnant uh i thought it'd been pretty cool but yeah that's no shock they've gone on and on about it but i also laugh because they don't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl and she's like don't use your x-ray vision because i'm thinking no don't use that x-ray you're going to kill that baby don't don't irradiate (laughs) that baby but um, they get to, they have a t- tell us a speech happens and the dome goes down. And in one of the weirdest reactions to anybody in these convergence titles, they decide to take a break. They basically yeah, I say, pissed, I was pissed off saying the dome came down before this when he became like they yeah, showed that he's yeah. Superman. I was pissed off on the way back that he did not see that he was not on Earth anymore and all the rest of the cities no, in the horizon. Not only that, but when he gets back to Lois and they talk, then they, they've now talked. And then they decide to take a break. And what what bothers me the most about this in regards to these others is we had been talking and almost arguing before we did this that when the dome goes down, people are being called out to fight different people. Like, oh, you know, in in the Harley, she's going to fight. I didn't see any of this while I'm doing my reviews. None of my books had this aspect to it. Well, then, like I said, um, who's the Adam going to fight? Oh, apparently Barracuda because he was teleported away. Had yeah, no idea. Never that's saw a what teleportation. I'm saying. Now, don't you think though? Even if it's not spelled out in the Harley, it's it's spelled out specifically. She's yeah. going to fight Captain Carrot in yeah. Batgirl that you read. She uh, Stephanie Brown just out of the blue claims, "Oh, I'm the one who has to fight." She's got to fight General uh, General Grodd. Yeah, yeah. Which again, and Catman, both of them attack them, but. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, you think Superman is pretty much the most powerful one there. Oh, yeah, man. And it doesn't seem like he's called out to fight anyone. He just wants to go find out things. And yep. that's how he runs into people. But in the other part that I loved about this issue, then, you you, you get a, um, a peek at the city that they're going to fight, which is Flashpoint Gotham. 
In the others, it was always like this generic type of thing where, oh, we're going to fight. This one, they actually have them together. You see Thomas Wayne. You see, uh, what is it, Project S, the Superman? Uh, yeah. And, or is it S1 or something like uh But you get these guys and the, the, you get them, you get more of a character thing there. And in, the, in fact, at one point, Thomas Wayne says, you know what, that city over there looks a lot like Barry Allen's Gotham. I wonder if my son's there. I really like that. Um, but what happens is Superman goes to fly towards Gotham and the Flashpoint Gotham and then uh, Captain Thunder, which is uh, Shazam of Flashpoint comes out and they start fighting. They're yelling and screaming at each other. And then Abinsur and Cyborg show up and they're, they're fighting Superman. But Superman says, listen, I'm Superman. Uh, you know, you must have a version of me here. I'm a good guy. I'm not there. And they, they kind of pause then. And, and Abinsur and Cyborg say like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should listen to him. And then out of nowhere, Jimmy Olsen shows up in his freaking, what is it called? He calls the car, the whiz oh, wagon. Yeah, it's the whiz, the whiz wagon. wagon, the rocket car. Shows up and starts shooting missiles at everyone. They all think it's a setup, and they start fighting again. So, See, I, I would, I'm actually a little upset because I don't remember Dr. Hamilton and Star Labs being in Gotham. Yeah, again, I bet you they weren't. I bet you that they're just there. He was there for the science convention. <laughs> Everybody's there just because they're there. And in fact, to me, I think where they went wrong with this is, is calling out cities. I yeah. think they should have called out worlds. And they could have had, you didn't have to shoo in anybody. You're just like, Flashpoint world. Like, you were in a Flashpoint. You know, just that. Why have Gotham? And already there's too many Gothams in one freaking well, set of books. It's funny. I was, uh, I was reading, um, what was it? Uh, Batgirl earlier getting ready for the mm-hmm. podcast and you know uh, she was called out to be like to be a champion Stephanie Brown yeah and I put it down I'm thinking where do I know this from and I'm like I even stopped I'm like Jess now do you remember a story anywhere a movie where like champions are called and plucked out of space and time to fight for their world it's against space another space jam it's, <laughs> it's no I realized and I'm like I'm an idiot it is Marvel versus DC. Okay, yeah. This is exactly what Marvel yeah. versus DC was, just on like a city yeah, yeah. scale with more going on. Well, again, but that's what it is. It's not you were chosen be... at a certain point to fight an, an opponent. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing as uh, Secret Wars coming up with Marvel. It's, it's yes. going to be the same thing. They just have a planet where it's going to be like, this continent is this thing. Uh, again, I think that they messed up by having actual cities. Yeah. Uh, because obviously they didn't think ahead of that, like, oh, well, we'll have Gotham, but we uh, we need Superman, so we have to have a reason for this. And everybody's in the city. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, maybe it would have been that they had this crazy thing happen in Gotham. Of it. Like, if you're going to have it, have every Gotham then. Just have all of them be Gotham, and just all the heroes in each reality react to the same type of issue, like this coronal disturbance that they had in, in uh, Speed Force. And then, and even explain it that in every Gotham throughout the multiverse, this one event happened, and the people who they thought were worthy would be the ones who would react to go save it. But yeah, I, I just, to me, it's odd. But um, yeah, at the the. Speaking of odd, at the end of this issue, uh, and it's subject one, is what Superman right. was, the Superman project. He, L. all of a sudden, when, when he, the dome there goes down, and all of a sudden he sees Lois, he can tell she's around, he takes off. He takes off so fast that he hits Superman, who's on the way to uh, 
the other goth, his flashpoint Gotham. He goes off to find her. In the meantime, again, Superman's fighting Cyborg, Avancer, and Captain Thunder. And Subject 1 ends up, the issue ends with him showing up. Lois is there, and she's all frightened. Like, who the hell are you? And he's like, oh, oh my Lois. Superman. Oh, my Lois. You're, you're the greatest. You're the kindest person I ever met. And then the last thing is seeing Superman fighting the other three heroes of Flashpoint. And again, we're at the next... I like it. I love this issue. I like that the fact that you're not just getting the fact that they're going to fight it out, but now Superman has the issue where he's going to have to fight and get free to go save Lois. Yeah. Not that I think that the subject one Superman is going to do anything bad. He's just creepy. And creepy maybe, as hell. And maybe you're going to get the idea of him kind of uh, going a little ballistic when she doesn't accept his love or whatever like she's like you know about that she said yeah all the time she's (laughs) get away from me and then he'll he'll freak out and they do kind of mention in it for people who don't know uh anything about flashpoint that you know oh you don't know about war you but uh which leads to me one one thing too is that they do you find this event so far um Friendly to new readers, readers absolutely who not. don't know anything. No, like absolutely I, not. I actually started reading Flashpoint today. And I was I was having a good time with it, but I yeah. know the concept of it. I've watched the animated movie, and again, even so, I, I've seen a bunch of the things. I know the story. I know what happens. People who wouldn't know about Flashpoint would be so confused. Uh, again, El Inferno, you don't really need to know. It's just like oh, Angor, it up or Angor, but. If you don't know Flashpoint, uh, if you just came in at the New Fifty Two, you're you're so confused now, and I don't know that it's it's not good for those new readers. And I oh, I no. don't know. I wish that we had. And if anybody out there is listening and want to uh, write in, tell me if you are an old school fan of these characters and these stories. If this is what you wanted, if this is get it like, oh right, now we're back. Now I got oracle or whatever if that's if this actually makes you think that if you're like jesus christ this is ridiculous well that's one thing that's why they have in the back of each book a little like catch up you know yeah, like yeah, hey yeah. in case you forgot five years ago this was happening yeah. that's what we're dealing with yeah it's still but again that usually is the um like say um nightwing oracle in the back you learn about nightwing and oracle that's fine but i'm talking about like even the other things the side stuff Right. Like like I said, Angor. It's in the back. It doesn't really spell that out, right? It's oh, more no, about uh, yeah. It's about the hero of the book, and of course, to sell the books, the hero of the book is usually somebody who everybody knows. Uh, speaking of knowing, uh, did I say? Oh, I gave this a nine eight. I loved it. I thought the art was great. I really. Oh, liked I it. love the art. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I thought this book was really good. Uh, I didn't like uh, your next book as much, though. Oh, Convergence, Batman and Robin, number one. Yeah. Written by Ron Mars with art by Dennis Cohen, Klaus Johnson, and Chris Sotomayor. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I was not a fan of this book either. No. It was okay to a degree. It's, I did not like the art. No, I, uh, this is the is one it, that you said that I, <laughs> I make the claim of pencil heavy, right? Yes, I believe this one is a little pencil it's, heavy. It Would you agree? It is pencil heavy. I think it is a lot of scratchy, scratchy, <laughs> scratchy, I like to call it. Yeah, it was nope. very pencil heavy. 
we get a little info about Poison Ivy feeding Gotham here. This is yep. the first introduction I had to this concept where she's feeding the Penguin and like some other uh, Gotham villains want to try to take that away. It's like, you know what? People should be paying for uh, you feeding them, and mm-hmm. I'm going to take a bit of that. Basically, that's the uh, uh, smack a child and kick a puppy. Because, man, that's about the worst thing you could be doing at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty low. But, no, it's all that Batman comes in. And Damien and Batman, and they're getting, like, you know, taking care of business. And then eventually Red Hood jumps in to save the day because Batman gets attacked by Killer Croc. And since Red Hood's there, Damien gets really jealous of him. Yeah, he's jealous. He's jealous as hell. And that's the whole thing. Is we're This whole book, we have this beginning, which is really cool. It's just, you know, hey, this is us after a year in the Dome. We're still fighting bad guys. Mm-hmm. Shit's still going on. Don't worry, kids. Oh, there's Red Hood. He's been in hiding for a year. Damien, don't worry about him. I'm worried about him, father. <laughs> yep. Hey, you're going to replace me, father. Yeah, I was... Yeah, Damien's a dick. The thing is, we spent so much time dealing with this big fight and then eventually dealing with the convergence, like the dome coming down. Mm-hmm. I wish we could have delved into the, like, the idea of Damien's jealousy, where it comes from. And, you know, this. I wanted this to be about this. I yeah. wanted to get in there deeper, but then... Damien runs away to go confront Red Hood on his own because, like, when he first became Robin, he kicked the shit out of Tim Drake because that's how you prove yourself, that you fucking kick the shit out of your brother. Yeah, you kick the shit out of your brother, basically. Uh, And then the dome comes down, Mm -hmm. and then there's the extremists right there, ready to fight. Yep. The end. I actually am not very familiar with the extremists. I looked it up, and they're a weird version because Carney is from the extremists. The rest of them, Brute, Dark Angel, and Mean Streak, are from the new extremists. Yeah. So they are getting saying, together. They, they, they split up the yeah. extremists throughout this yeah, uh, whole yeah. converge, first week of Convergence. But it's a weird one where they've tied Carney in as, as the leader because he's from the extremists, but the yeah. others are from the new. But I'll tell you, I'm going to try to explain this, and I, I may not be able to uh, explain it the way I want to. But because of uh, Jason Todd, Damien, and Batman... This issue felt so off to me because it is one of the ones where because they continued the continuity from these stories into the New 52, yeah. it seems odd that this is a dead, uh, uh, you know, these characters got scooped up in Gotham when, in fact, it, it just seems off to me. Yeah. Uh, the rest of them, like I said, you get like even like Harley. Oh, it's the old Harley. She has her old costume. You get uh, Stephanie Brown as background. Nope. That's this one seemed odd because the fact that this has basically happened right before the new 52. These are the characters that ended up in that. There's Jason Todd. He's, uh, he's starting to be good. And he, yep. you got Damien as the son. He even says, like, he's more of his mother's son. This is all stuff that happened at the beginning of the new 52 on Batman and Robin. Almost yeah. exact. And it just felt so weird to me. I know it makes sense because it was in the pre-Flashpoint. But because of this continuity continuation, it just seemed odd to me. It seemed off. And it just seemed like you're you're looking at a, a story that didn't fit with the rest of the convergence, uh, the concept of it, only because of the continuity continuation. I just it, I, it threw me off the whole issue. Yeah, I'm saying that as, as I, I'm just pissed because I would really like to delve further into this whole jealousy thing and yeah. see how these would work out. But what I'm left to believe is the whole next issue is going to be the big fight with the extremists, and that's going to be the whole fucking bit. Yeah, I have a feeling, obviously, that, uh, well, not obviously, but what I would think is that uh, 
Damien and Jason Todd are going to team up together. They're going to see each other as what they are. Oh, we're brothers, and we're going to fight and, and beat the extremists together with Batman, and then it'll be that's like, not a, shake that's my That's not hand enough and, development for me. Well, it isn't, but it's gonna, it, that's the other thing. That's why I'm saying a lot of this seems to me that it would have been better if it was a whole... Uh, a year long, like a weekly, or not? It doesn't even have to be a year long, six month weekly, whatever. Because some of these things that just boom, 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 you get you get two issues, boom, boom, and then it's done. We've been here for a year. You get to see five seconds of it. Yeah, yeah. This is and, what happens. And like you said, they're here a year, and Damien sees Jason Todd within five minutes of the dome going down, and he's pissed yeah. to the point where he just goes off. You know, defies anything that Batman would say and then goes. But like I said, it just seems off because this is this issue seems like it would be taking place as well as uh, in pre Flashpoint um, Gotham. But also it could have been in issue three of the new 52. It's just this is the all the you know, the shit that Batman dealt with Damien at that point. It doesn't seem like it's possible that they scooped it up and then it still went on. I know that, again, it. Flashpoint happened, and it, but because of this continuation, it just seemed off to me. Yeah. And it was pencil-heavy. Very pencil-heavy. Very pencil-heavy. Yeah, I didn't like this issue. What did I you hated give the, it? Like, I gave it a 6 out of 10. My okay. thing I really hated, though, is this this look that some artists give Killer Croc, just the overgrown crocodile. Yeah. yeah. You know, a crocodile on two legs, I hate that look for Killer Croc. Yeah. And here we had that. I was just really pissed off at that right from the get-go, but I gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, earlier I said that there were two issues that I didn't think the art was uh, strong, and this was one of them, and I probably, yeah. I probably would have given it a 5, <laughs> maybe even a 4.5. Right, I'm saying, though, I like Damien, I like the inclusion of Red Hood, I just would like more. Yeah, I know, I know what, you're going to get one more issue, and that's it. Yeah. Um, You like Todd McFarlane? He's okay. He's okay, huh? You were a big Spawn fan back in the day. Yes, I was. Uh, you like his figures? Yeah, I loved his figures. You know what? I, I loved the... I had a Mario Lemieux, Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Figure. I'm telling you, this, you love the you know the cartoon character figures or the uh, the horror ones. Oh, yeah. I have a shitload of horror ones. To me, when I saw the sports figures, it blew my mind. Because, um, you know, obviously he had a um, an eye for detail, I'd like to say. That a yes. uh, few figures had at that point, so where he got, and when they had it, like I had the Mario Lemieux, and man, like the skates had everything was was perfect. The stick would come out, the stick had tape on it. it yeah, was, it's all detailed. And oh, stuff. so good. But yeah, he has a new book this week. Oh yeah. Yep, it's called Savior. Savior number one. You know why I'm telling you this? Why is that, brother? Because Ryan Clark's going to do it on his other side. He, he was going to do the uh, final Deadpool issue, but then he likes the number ones, and he also likes to mix it up, and I think he's done a couple Marvel in a row, so I'm sure that th- that was probably the um, final say was that he wanted to do something. It's uh, Savior number one from Image Comics, new series from Todd McFarlane, and take it away, Ryan. Hello and welcome to another weekly installment of The Other Side, your non-DC Comics review segment on the all-DC Comics Weird Science DC Comics podcast, brought to you by your host, myself, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, and this week I am coming to you with a comic book titled Savior Number One from Image Comics. This book is written by Todd McFarlane and Brian Holguin. 
and Todd McFarlane is somebody who uh, is a pretty big name in comics, has been around for decades, is the creator of Spawn, and one of the uh, officers and management members of Image Comics in general, uh, with art by Clayton Crane, uh, who's a little bit lesser known, but has worked with Todd, uh, you know, got started with him a long time ago, working um, on Kiss Comics and some other Spawn miniseries with him, and uh, most people would know him as the current artist of Ray, or Rye, from Valiant Comics. Um, this book, Savior, uh, number one, has a really cinematic feeling tagline to it uh, that I pulled the quote directly from imagecomics.com. What if the most dangerous man on the earth was also trying to do the most good? I feel like that could go on a poster on the side of a, a bus and would sell this as a movie, which in comic books is not all that unheard of to couple products like that, especially from Todd McFarlane, who's writing the script for another Spawn movie currently. So he knows nothing about dealing with comic books that become movies at all. Um, but I digress. For Savior Number One, uh, the book definitely has a feel of a, of a Todd McFarlane book. It definitely, you know, is his baby. Um, it feels very similar to a lot of the sequences you see in classic Spawn books, where he'll dedicate entire panels of visuals and dialogue or um, narrative to like TV news people and the things that they're saying is blocked in the page, which shows up here, which is very, very much a thing that he sort of made his own uh, that I feel. Uh, the story follows a young reporter, uh, Jill Bennington, who was witness to uh, a grisly attack in the opening scene. Um, she was at this courthouse reporting on this individual and um, sort of like um, in the death of Captain America, somehow in a scuffle of press and onlookers, um, this person who we're to assume at this point is the savior character is shot. Um, at, at the end of that scene, uh, we flash back to her six, month pr six months prior where she's in this town. She's speaking at a local high school, doing some different um, things as far as it pertains to her job. And she's dealing with some uh, family, we assume, of hers that's in the area. And there, uh, her sister, she and her sister are having a conversation in the vehicle. And we have what is, uh, spoiler alert, a giant airplane drops out of the, the sky in front of them. There's a huge plane crash. It's a, a wreck. And she jumps out and immediately starts, you know, uh, going in to help people. Um, it was a scene to me that really felt like it was a shot-for-shot -shot adaptation of the airplane scene in Nicolas Cage's film Knowing. So, again, the cinematic comic book crossover thing is pretty pretty heavy at this point, and anything that has to do with Nicolas Cage, I'll sign on for. So if he's going to be in this movie, Savior, the comic book movie, I'm already on board one issue. But this is not that, so I digress. Uh, during 
the the chaos and the melee that ensues um, in the comic book we see a man emerging from a field sort of adjacent from where this accident took place carrying a victim we assume it's a victim and not a corpse just to be positive there's no need to be no need to be morose about it uh, but we really don't know anything about this character and we don't really get a lot more from this character at that point the last page really focuses in on this person and then ends without giving us a lot of backstory, without giving us a lot of information um, as far as to who this person is or why we should really care about them at this point. I, we can assume that this is the person who's involved in the shooting from the first scene, but that's not explicit. It's just something... I'm inferring, so maybe I'm completely wrong. Um, I thought that this was a was a solid first issue. It definitely was not as powerful as I thought it was going to be. It does set up a lot of things. It's putting a lot of different pieces in place for the issues that follow. The series itself seems like it's it's got a lot that it still has to do and that it wants to do. The, the art is really high quality. Clayton Crane has a, a very unique style that really sort of um, works very well with the way that Todd and Brian write to create something new and very different. Um, as much as I can gather from a single issue, it's new and different so far. Um, and it seems like that this could become a very interesting story. Um, it's definitely not a traditional comic book. There's no superheroes. There's no punch fight. There's no girl in distress. Our main character, as of this point, is a female, so already it's put superhero comics and comic books in general on their ear. But it was definitely interesting and engaging, and it was fun to read while the story was not altogether that much fun because there was a shooting attack and a horrible plane crash. So if that's your idea of fun, this book is going to be a riot for you. It was not fun for me in that manner, but it was a really interesting book to read. So if this, that's the kind of thing that interests you, you should go out and pick up Savior Number 1 from Image Comics. Uh, as always... I have been your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark. You can find me at BDC Comics on Twitter, at tumblr.brightestdaycare.com, where I post all of my reviews. And I do have pages on Google Plus and Facebook where you can find and like me as well. And until next week, I will see you on the other side. All right, Eric, and that's Savior, number one, by Todd McFarlane. All right. You love that Todd McFarlane. He's okay. I never said I loved him. I know. We were just talking about it. It's funny because uh, a little behind the scenes, it's now the next day. We have to stop because it got too late in the night. So I don't remember what I said before going into that, except that you love Todd McFarlane. <laughs> 
But what we're going to do now is get right back into the books. And my first book I have is Convergence, Harley Quinn Number 1, written by Steve. Do you think it's Pugh? 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 Pug? Steve Pugh. How would, how would you pronounce that? Pug? I don't have, I don't have the Pugh. thing in front of me. I don't even know what it looks it's like. It's P-U-G-H. I'm, no I'm idea. sure that we're supposed to know this. Steve Pooge. Art by <laughs> Phil Winslade, John Dell, and Chris Chuckery. And you know how this issue starts? This a... starts with Harley being Harley, as they say in the business. And this one, I, I mentioned to you earlier, this is one of the few issues where you get the old character. Like, oh, everybody loves the old characters. Everybody wants these old characters back. Can you tell me a lot of what's different about Harley back in the day? Nothing at all. Her costume. That's it. If she didn't have her old costume, it, it, there's nothing really different about her at all. Uh, she's got the hyenas going, and she's got the costume, but, but it's Harley. She's well, Harley there, there was something here that I didn't actually think about ever, and I actually don't like about this issue, is What's that it? when the dome goes up, apparently we find out Harley has super strength. Yeah, yeah, it's kind Never of Never thought about that before well, in my again, life, she I don't do, like it. She does have that huge hammer. And, I know. She has and, some upper body strength. That's all I'm thinking. I mean, I'm telling you, a huge hammer. When she's holding it, even the one panel, because I'm looking through it right now, she does hold that thing with one hand a lot. And I'm telling you, I can't do that. It's like those crazy uh, kegels or whatever, those uh, the kettlebells or whatever. Kegels. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> but, yeah, she's you – now. I know what you're saying. Yeah, all of a sudden she doesn't have strength. But, um, obviously, this issue starts before the dome. She's just being nuts. She's going around being her nutso self, trying to steal a hyena skull that's uh, bedazzled. Bejeweled. A bit. I say bedazzled like your jeans that you wear at work, those bedazzled jeans you always wear. I you wish, love, I, you I, wish I had a pair of bedazzled jeans. I think jeans. that you would go good with a bedazzled jeans and a bedazzled jean jacket. Headband? Get the I think headband the jean going. jacket. If you were going to bedazzle a jean jacket, what would you put on the back? Disco stew? Disco stew. Hey, disco stew doesn't advertise. <laughs> but then the, the dome goes up. All of a sudden, she's there, you know, like you said, she's, boom, she drops the hammer, she's down, and at that exact moment, she's about to pretty much kill a police officer. Uh, the dome's up, and then they, they go ahead, and you see that this is one of the issues where the lead character, Harley, has adjusted pretty well to the dome. Best thing that ever happened to her. Yeah, yeah, it is. And as a Harley fan, uh, I really like this point. In fact, this is one of the issues where I wish that the dome didn't go down then. She is really good. They show her little transition. She's kind of getting, and I, I don't know if it's, it, it seems to me that the dome kind of offers her like a, almost if she was agoraphobic, now the dome's there and she doesn't have to worry about things, but it does something more, it seems. Just like she just can be herself. It makes the old Russian lady not come to her door? That's right. There's no Russian lady to the door with an eye patch that turns into a Chinese guy. <laughs> but so she's actually, she's living with this guy. Uh, the cop who she yeah, the cop, killed. Louis. Louis. And she has some problems. At one point, she actually sees the Joker again. And there's the little bit where when she. In was, her mind. Yeah, in her mind. And when she was uh, getting therapy. Uh, she had said that she imagined these fish flying around, uh, swimming around her, her hands, and all of a sudden she sees those, but Louie's there, stops them, and then they start getting busy. Then in, the, in the meantime, you see Poison Ivy, where she's getting attacked by a bunch of thugs. Do you think this doesn't seem like the Poison Ivy that's feeding the, the 
Gotham to me. They're on top where the garden is. Yeah, but it's not a garden. If you look, there's nothing. It looks like wild, crazy. It looks like a rainforest. There's no food. It looks weird. I'm sure that you and you could just tell me that down the road is where the garden is. This is just her personal little yeah, thing that she's down the road, with. man. But you know what? They just basically these guys show up, and to me, it seems like they've shown up and they just want to get every superhero and they want to kill them now that they can. Hey, that's it's what like, it seems to me. It's like Dick Grayson. They're bored. They need shit to do. Yeah, I guess so. They're gonna do that, and then in jumps in uh, Catwoman with the craziest claws I've seen in quite some time. She looks like she uh, is pretty uh, formidable with those now, claws. Now, is it as crazy as Yolanda Montez with her Avatar powers? No, the nowhere? Avatar powers were crazy. I don't think that it's crazy like that. I just said they look crazy. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Catwoman. Um, though I would have thought that this would have been the old costume Catwoman, the purple costume. No, uh, no, not at the pre-flash. No, I, I thought it was. But, uh, so they start fighting. They're beating the crap out of these people. And then the dome goes down. That's more and, zero hour. Okay, well, then the dome goes down, and they, you get this announcement. And this is the one where I was talking earlier, where you actually get, like, a fight card. You get, like, and this is what, up next, the rumble in the jungle. It's Captain Carrot versus Harley <laughs> it's, Quinn. It's a loading screen before yeah, you get the fight. That's what it looks like. And even with, um, like you said before, you were saying that, what I thought, was that you were saying that all these things that happened were individually, like uh, when we talk about Flash later, he sees Wonder Woman, and what I thought you were getting at was that individually, that's what Flash sees. That's what Wally West sees. Possibly. So he knows, I'm but, saying the rules are so yeah, convoluted this, at this point, I have no idea what's going on. This throws it completely out, because they're there and they comment, like, oh my God, who's that? That looks like a pretty you know, strong bunny and Harley's going to have to fight him. Well, in the meantime... <laughs> Look at his upper body. That means super strength. Yeah, he, he's hey, pretty strong. Hey, check out that cape. That probably means he can fly. Yep, I'm looking. He's pretty strong. <laughs> but what they do then is basically, I we got to go get Harley. They they know that Harley is quote-unquote cured, and that Harley is not going to be able to fight this big rabbit. She's going to die. Yeah, so they go off. They go to get Harley. They bust into their um, apartment, Louie and Harley's apartment. And did you... Are you with me that all of a sudden Poison Ivy looks like She-Hulk? No, well, she has a, a green... I actually would have she thought that She looks huge. Oh, really? I was just going with the uh, the green skin tone. No, no, I I'm... Because I just would have figured that that would have dissipated with the deep power. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, she on. is she is big. I, I'm telling you, to me, I she looks... Yeah, to me, she just looks... She looks like, um, like She-Hulk. But they go in now. They're going to get Harley back to normal. Do you think they give her Joker toxin? I think they do something to suppress the uh, meds that she has. Okay, but the thing is, she has talked that she hasn't had the meds for months. Exactly. So uh, the, the meds are gone. So I don't know what's going on. And uh, what sort of injection are you going to get that suddenly gives you a costume? <laughs> because she goes from a panel where she's laying on the yeah. ground. They say, oh, we're going to have to get the old Harley back. Then she is sitting in a chair, and she goes, oh, uh, uh, She-Hulk, or Poison Ivy, says, it's done. And then that's when you see Harley, and she is fully dressed in her old costume. And um, then she goes, she goes into a transformation. It was a, it was a very odd panel, because I don't know if they want you to believe that Poison Ivy dressed her real fast. Yeah, it seems like uh, she would have had to. like her powers returning. That's what I'm her... saying. I, I think it was just like, hey, let's get to it. But uh, it was odd to me when I was reading it. But, yep, she goes... 
they asked her how they feel, and then in the last panel, you see her with a lot of jokers around, the fish, everything, and she says, I feel hilarious, and she's <laughs> back, and it's sad. Actually, it was sad to me, because they're using her. They have to use her, or the city's going to go down, but poor Harley. She, Not only best, that, she's just going to die. Yeah, the best time of her life, too, she was having, it. and now, yep, she's off to fight. Uh, Captain I almost, Carrot. Yeah, Captain Carrot. Uh, I love the issue, though. I liked it because, to me, it was one of those where um, it got the character really well. I thought that this gave Harley, uh, you know, it's it was a great story. I, j- I just liked it. I loved the art. I loved everything about it. I gave it a 9-3 out of 10. Yeah. Probably my second or third favorite issue of the week. Um, but, yeah, that's about all. But, yeah, what do you you have next uh, issue that I hated? Yeah, me as well. We have The Convergence, The Atom, number one, written by Tom Payer with art by Steve Yowell and Andy Owens and Hi-Fi on color. Hi-Fi. Hi-Fi. I, I don't think I had a Hi-Fi book. No, I don't think you yeah, did Yeah, I think he's, they've thrown in a lot of other people in the mix. Now, like I said before, how we're trying to establish the rules of Convergence with the Dome. Mm-hmm. This just fucking throws it on its goddamn side. Yeah. Everything, all the rules you're stacking up in front of you, mm-hmm. some jerk-off kid for this issue comes over and kicks it over. Yeah, I, it, it's on its side, upside down, twisted and turned. It's, it's ridiculous. Now, up to this point, we've seen the dome go up. Everybody gets their powers taken away. All right, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. That, sh- that shit's going on. And you know what? That's been consistent throughout. Exactly. Now, in the Atom... We have the Adam show up here. Now, he can't shrink anymore, but his right hand can grow enormous like Dave Grohl. I said it's Dave Grohl in the Everlast video. that I even even put it up on uh, Twitter because it just made me laugh. It made me laugh because all of a sudden his hand's big. I I don't understand it. No, and neither does he. So we get no explanation of why his hand can grow. And besides that, we we know that he's crazy because he's talking to a voice in his head. And everybody else in the pre-Flashpoint Gotham thinks he's crazy. He wants to stay the fuck away from the Atom. What's funny is, too, it's not even just him talking to the voice, but he actually, like, addresses people like, the voice in my head says this. It's a weird, weird way of doing it. So the Atom, all he wants to do, apparently, is get, like, justice for Ryan Choi, who was killed by Deathstroke. You mean Cassius Wilde? Yes, Cassius Wild, which that's the same thing. Deathstroke has been living in this domed Gotham for a year under an assumed name. He's retired. He's no longer the Terminator. Yep. But when the Adam gets on the news after saving some kids and he starts talking about, I have questions about the voice in my head, about the dome, and about Deathstroke killing Ryan Choi, and then he sees this. Apparently that's all it takes to come out of retirement. Some motherfucker mm-hmm. on the news calling your name out. I said the, the, my favorite part is who, who is with him? Is that somebody who was before I, or yeah, is it just it, it, a girlfriend? I don't know. Okay, but she's like, Slade, he, don't you call me Slade. It's Cassius <laughs> Wilder. And then he yells, and then he goes, say it. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> say my name. I'm telling you, that was the, that was the only part of this issue that I, I actually laughed. And thought that that's so great. Cassius Wild. And then so, he's making her say it. So Ray Palmer, you know, goes up about his day and uh, Destro comes to call and eventually to take, you know, like, you wanted me to come out? Here I am. Mm-hmm. So like, you know what? We're going to fight to the death. Dome comes down. The Tello speech goes all over. And another thing happens that I didn't see in any of the books I reviewed until I saw some of yours. Adam is teleported away. Yeah. Some of the people get teleported and some day it's so weird. Yeah. But yeah, he, and he then gets... he has to fight Barracuda from the Extremis, yep. who now that he can shrink again, he handily takes out. But the problem I see here is, well, he shrinks 
but then his right hand still grows. I know. Well, the, the one part I thought was funny is he's there, and he's like pounding his fist in the ground. It reminds me of Charlton Heston at the end of Planet of the Apes. You <laughs> maniacs! No! You blew it up! Damn you! <laughs> it made me, that made me laugh. The, the problem is, is this issue made me laugh a bunch of times uh, for all the wrong reasons. I know. That's it's just th- ridiculous. I'm saying that. And then so he takes out Barracuda. We have no answers to any of the questions that have been like are brought to us for this issue. And then it ends and Ryan Choi's behind him. Yep. Hey Ryan, you're alive. Yep. And all I'm left thinking is that somehow when the dough went up, Ryan Choi was tiny inside Ray's head and he's been the voice talking to him this whole time. But I don't know why he didn't say, Hey, I'm Ryan Choi. That or it doesn't make sense that if he was uh, shrunk down and then lost power. Why wouldn't I mean he would have killed him? He would have, he, Ray would have been dead. This is what and, I'm going with right now. I don't know. There's just Ryan Choi standing behind him. Hey, Ryan, you're alive. All right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what I think happened. I think he he was stuck in his head. Somehow he had a voice. It wasn't like in his mind. He was just screaming, and uh, somehow that led to that crazy hand. That's all I can think of. Because it doesn't uh, doesn't make any sense to me, and we have no answers for this issue. So I really did not like this. Well, it was confusing. It was like somebody from World's End started writing this, and things just happened because, with yeah. no explanation. There was no. I, I didn't like this. What did you I, give it? I gave it a 5 10. Yeah, a 5 I, out of 10. I think you were uh, very. Uh, so do I. Yeah, very nice about that because I probably would have given it a 3. It was bad. Again, I was trying not to get rules heavy in this uh, event where, oh, this shouldn't happen or that. But I man, this one, this one throws every. This one throws the main. The one rule. That should be throughout is that everybody loses their powers. And this and, is one of the last books that I reviewed. So yeah. I had already established all these rules in my head. Then I get into this and everything's on its goddamn side and I have no idea why. Yeah, it was crazy. But uh, uh, next book is one that I liked that I did was uh, Convergence Speed Force number one. And Man, was, this book looked good. Yeah, that was written by Tony Bedard and art by Tom Grummet. And I really liked it, and I said in my review, and I'll say it now, I do not have much of a history with Wally West. He's my flash. Uh, Wally West, to me, is a young black fella. (laughs) I I don't have much, but I liked it. I liked the part. He's fun. He seems uh, like a little bit of a smartass and also a, a horrible father. Oh, yeah. Because, He's right up there with Dick Grayson from yeah, Earth, too. Yep. Uh, the issue starts with him going into Gotham, where, again, we're going to have to shoehorn him in. But I like this, and we mentioned it before tonight, uh, that the reason why we liked it, we wish that maybe this way of getting heroes into a city would have been like this throughout, because he goes there because the JLA has told him to uh, go and find out what this chronal disturbance is. So he goes in and in a ill-fated move, takes his twins, uh, Iris and Jay. What's he going to do, leave them home well, alone? He, he spells it out that, hey, if I leave them at home, they're targets, and I want them to get better at the Speed Force. It's, all, it's ridiculous. This is, I mean, everybody says how Batman is an awful father for getting his children killed. In it. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe that Wally's been hanging around Batman too much. And he's taken the worst piece of advice from Batman. Batman's, hey, you know what? What could happen? What's the worst that can happen? And they're like pointing over at Jason's uh, suit there. And he's like, don't think of that, Jimmy. We're not going to discuss that. Don't look at that. that. Don't look at that. Well, and in a weird thing, they go to see this chronal disturbance. And it really did remind me of the present day, uh, the present issues with the future Flash. Right. And with the, the, the blue. And I, I just, what I'm saying, it, it's, it was an odd thing to do. If that wasn't what it meant, I, I mean, maybe Tony Bedard has no idea about that, but it just seemed odd. 
but they go. And also what's odd, it definitely is the flash symbol, correct? I don't when know. When you see it, 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 I'm looking at it right now. It is. I, it just seemed odd to, to do it that way. But as they go and... It's see, a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. You see them. And what happens is then the dome went up. They're stuck in Gotham. So then you switch to Barry is not... Oh, Barry. Wally has not been uh, doing well. Uh, in fact, some citizens that see him trying to hit the dome with a pickaxe, after a year, I think that he would have, you know, thought that that would be useless. Everybody's he doesn't care. Do something, man. He's going to do busy. it. Um, there's two things about this, and I don't know that we mentioned it before, but I don't like that everybody knows all the superheroes' identities. I don't like. It doesn't matter. But I don't like that there's just this guy with a pickaxe hitting it, and these people walking by say, hey, that's the dude that was Flash. And then they say he's even crazier than the Adam, which we just talked about, and then we talked. He's crazy. Adam is going around saying, hey, uh, I got another voice, and that voice says this. And uh, all, all Wally's trying to do is get out. Why is that so crazy? Maybe because he's using a pickaxe, like I said. <laughs> but he feels better. He left his wife. His wife had lost her children and him. So he wants to do something. And, again, he, he ends up going home, and his kids are like, Hey, Dad, where were you? It's time for school. You weren't around to get us ready. He's like, What? No, it, it's not school. Uh, it's yes, Sunday. It, yes, it is, Dad. You, you were there. Well, the dome then comes down. And, like we said, it's pointed out to him, at least, that he's going to have to fight Wonder Woman. Uh, the twins, I think that um, Iris says, you know, was that Wonder Woman? Not any Wonder Woman that I know. Um, but then they get the powers back. And I really like that. And uh, all of these, I think that this one spelled out more of how great it was to have that. This and maybe the Titans, which we'll talk about when they could fly. But this one, Barry gets, or I keep saying Barry. I'm so used to Barry being Flash for me. Uh, Wally gets the powers back. Should have read comics in the 90s. Yeah, I know. Well, Wally, get, I was having an actual it's life. It's odd to me to have Barry as the yeah, Flash, yeah, honestly. Well, you know what? You're odd. But I liked how he's like, this, sh- this hurts, but I don't care. I've been waiting for it for, for a year. And he goes off, and the first thing he does, and a weird thing, after he sees Wonder Woman and all this, all of a sudden they see the heroes of El Inferno. And I don't think this has happened before, where afterwards, this seems to be... Half a day later, maybe yeah. he gets his power, and all of a sudden he well, goes that's down. Hawkman and Hawkwoman are the and, shit. And how are they seeing them? The dome's down. I always assume that when they saw these things, they were projected on the dome as it came down. Right. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's these giant holograms of the heroes of El Inferno, and the front one is the Flash. So he's like, "Oh my God, I gotta go save them." He goes off to El Inferno, and he's too late. He's almost like Anakin when he shows up at the Sand People. <laughs> his mom is now whiny dead. Yeah, whiny and very pissed off that his stepdad kept saying she's she was a good woman she's dead <laughs> I uh, her for 50 if, if you need me i'll be off on my rocket uh wheelchair over here i collected because i got the life insurance that, that's what it reminds me of and instead of killing everyone even the children wally then says oh my god i'm gonna go and goes on a whirlwind tour of convergent cities with his kids again. But his kids kind of get sucked into him because of the speed force. They, they arrive there with him. So They're they bound go. to him. And I know that we talked earlier, uh, before we even started the podcast, that you didn't like this. You didn't like them seeing the different cities. No. And I liked it because it showed me that, yes, these books this week are going to focus on these five cities, but that doesn't mean these are the only cities. They're on one planet. I'm saying, though, but what's stopping any of these other cities from joining the fight? 
How is it no, just what these it five is, cities? Is Bizarro, what it uh, is. This Bizarro city is going to be involved later. When they're, when that dome came down, they were told who they're going to fight. And so, you know, when you see um, the Plastic Man and the Freedom Fighters, they're in the middle of the battle. They're yeah. fighting who they're supposed to be fighting or at least getting to it. That's I think that what you're getting is this... Bizarro is, World's not. Well, Bizarro World, just the, the dome just came down. Uh... You see Bizarro there, and he looks confused, but he might just be like, what's going on? I, but, yeah, that's confused, yeah. all right. And then you go through, and I don't know, what was the other city? Like the, It looks like, um, to me, it looked like... Um, the Hollywood, California? Uh, uh, no, a Kryptonian city. Is that uh, actually a Kryptonian city? Or, I don't know what that is. Yeah, they actually go through, and then there's even some, um, what appears to be Hawkmen involved, but with uh, Flash Bolts. It's a weird thing. There's no, those are the uh, the Quardians. Okay, so that's the what it, okay, it's the antimatter universe that he goes through. So he's just speeding through all these, and because he's so fast, he can travel this distance, and he just goes through these. Then he goes through Follywood. And again, there's Jay there. It's like, come on, Dad, let's stop. It's like a living cartoon. I'm like, Jay, listen, son, shit's going down. It's not fun time here. He's just going around, and yet the the son he wants to stop and just check out these cartoons. They yeah. go back, and then they realize it's Disney World all of a sudden. Well, and, I'd, I'd want to check it out too. And also, at this point, Wally is kind of lost. He can't find Gotham. They can't find their uh, pre-Flashpoint Gotham is what they're looking for. But then they go to uh, Return, and <coughs> they have a follower, somebody who is faster than Wally. They say, and who was that, Eric? Fastback it was of the fast. zoo crew. It was Fastback of the zoo crew. And he shows up in um, in Gotham. And again, if you're going to complain, it's odd because Fastback shouldn't be involved. If they're going to stay within their cities and their fights, Fastback shouldn't be involved. But he is because he has a plan that, hey, if you're here, I'm here. Obviously, uh, Wally has already seen, I guess it's Jay Garrick in the um, El Inferno. Would have been the Jay Garrick Flash. See, I don't know. I have no idea who is who in the well, other universe. I, I'm almost positive that Blue Beetle in that was Ted Cord. So I'm, okay. I'm just going to go with that time frame. And Guy Gardner was there. So, uh, so I'm going to I'm going to assume I'm, I I am not up to snuff on freaking people, Yeah, no. Home. People can correct me all they want. I really don't know. I'm just assuming it's Jay Garrick. But right there, you have three speedsters. Uh, if you call Fastback a speedster, he is right. Yeah, he's a speedster, so, man. So you have three, so there must be more. And he basically is like, let's get the speedsters together. Speedsters we're a, everywhere. We're a team. Let's go. We're team Eric. We're team speedster. Let's go do it. And then out of nowhere, Flashpoint Wonder Woman shows up. And, and if I've seen the anime, or the anime, the animated movie, I've read a bit of the thing, and I'm telling you, there's probably nobody more badass than Flashpoint Wonder Woman. She means business. Oh, yeah. Uh, she likes castrating males. Uh, <laughs> she does some crazy stuff. But it ends. And again, it's all a setup for the you know next issue to fight. But I really liked it. I liked this issue a lot. This issue looked fantastic. Oh, yeah. I love the art. Said it, it's like a, the colors pop. The, colors, the, were, yeah, the colors were great. And all of that combined to make like a very... Um, cartoony book but also uh i'd like to say that it was a fast looking book everything had motion to it everything going which a flash book should yeah and uh what did i give this i gave it an eight five eight five out of ten yeah i probably would have given it an eight now yeah, yeah just I, like uh the, re the main reason i would have uh, you know dropped some points or whatever is that 
It's the rules, man. It's yeah, the I know. Rules. I know. Well, like I don't I know said, what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, I'm not going to go with the rules. I know, like you said, I loved the fact that he saw these other cities because then to me that made it more like a whole planet. Yeah. That, yes, they can go. And I'm hoping that at some other points, maybe in the actual uh, Convergence number title, that some of these guys uh, end up teaming. They all seem to want to be teaming up. See, so, now at the end of all of this, though, the whole Convergence, it's going to be like they're going to uh, tell us, going to realize. All these cities have their own merits, so I'm just going to create a amalgam universe like they yeah. did at the end of Marvel versus DC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have the next book, which I really liked as well. Convergence: The Titans, number one, written by Fabian Nasset, Nasiza, Nasiza. I don't know. I like this guy, and I don't even know how to pronounce his goddamn name. Art by Ron Wagner, Jose Marsden Jr., and Chris Sotomayor. Now, you're telling me this is called The Titans, not the Titans. The Titans, yeah. You had an issue with that, right? I did have an issue, man. I freaking posted it as The Titans, mm-hmm. and then I looked somewhere else, and I just saw Convergence Titans. Like, did I fuck up the title? I went back, changed it to Titans, and then posted it again, looked at my book, saw Convergence The Titans, went back in and put The back in. Yep. Oh, my God. It is the Titans. Yeah, it's the Titans. Yep. And this is my favorite issue of the week. Uh, this, like I said, I had mentioned to you that Harley was my probably third. This is probably my second. Yeah, it's, while it is the Titans, all we're getting in this issue is Roy Harper, Donna Troy, and Starfire. But even with the, it's those characters, primarily a Roy Harper story. And oh, I yeah. loved it. Especially, Just getting into a personal look. Yeah, I mean, you can tell right away. They have a whole, I, I message you, this montage yeah. To the point where even some of it is in old print style. Yeah, it was it's good. It's so good. And of My course, ward's a junkie. Uh, of course it has that. It's so great. <laughs> uh, it has the junkie. It has the birth of a star. It's so good. Ay, ay, ay. And who was uh, Jose Marzan Jr. was the, the penciler? Man, he does a great job. I believe he was the anchor. Uh, I'm looking at it now. Oh, you're right. Ron Wagner was the penciler. Yes. Jose, Mar- Jose Marzan did a great job inking. But uh, No, Ron Wagner's art was so good. I even, at the very beginning, I love where you go on the first page. It's the old Teen Titans. They're yeah. all the young guys. Oh, it's so good. Well, we start out the story and we find out that, like, a lot of these other people in the domed uh, Gotham, Roy Harper is making the best of this goddamn thing. No more heroes means no more freaking, you know, having to go out there and do things, and he can just get on with his life. Even though he's lost his daughter Leanne, he's doing these great things like taking a grant from the Wayne Foundation and working with kids and displaced families mm-hmm. as a way to, like, uh, make his daughter's loss worth something. Oh, yeah. He has the um, the orphanage, I guess it was. What was it, like the Boys and Girls Club? Yeah. Uh, do you like when they he showed up and then one of them yelled, make it wiggle? <laughs> I was like, what? what? Whoa, He's whoa, like, whoa. morning, everyone. Hey, Roy, show us. Make it wiggle. I'm like, what Where's is going on? At? Yes, what is at? going on? That's why he has an orphanage. He doesn't have parents <laughs> to complain. Well, I don't say it's an orphanage. He's working with kids and displaced families who aren't from Gotham. And like, it's almost like a refugee camp yeah, to a yeah. degree. Yep. Um, well, yeah, I'm guessing that a lot of these kids, their parents were outside the dome. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's Stuff a great like idea, that. though. This is the sort of thing that I like to see. Because it does explain, you know, some things that are going on uh, after the dome. See, they do explain here, though, which got me thinking, that since the superpowers are gone and the dome goes up, Roy's cybernetic arm does not work anymore. So I have to stop and think to myself, it's a good thing that Cyborg's not here, because yeah, what is really? he doing? Yeah. He's living like the, he's the video, the, 
Do you remember the Metallica video for one? Yeah, oh yeah, that's what he is. He's yeah, like that is Cyborg's life. He's like, I uh, yeah, oh my god, it'd be awful. He'd just be that standing is there. Life. No, he'd just be laying there because his legs don't work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually that's... I'm assuming that he'd be on the side of the road almost like the Tin Man in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> like and I had to think back to the Liz and Superman, we saw Flashpoint Cyborg. I was like, until this, was he just laying there yelling somebody kill me? Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yes, he's like SOS. He's, you know, banging his head or whatever. But it is. it's not a big deal to Roy because he's living a good life. No more freaking stress of superheroing. Yep. And then the worst possible thing happens. The dome comes down. Yep. He calls up Donna and Starfire. And he's like, you know what? You guys are back to normal. Go patrol. And he goes down to one of his hubs that he used some of the uh, Wayne Foundation grant money to create a small, like, secret lair in case shit got real again. Yeah, yeah. And then Starfire and Donna Troy come up against the other group of extremists. There's extremists everywhere, man. Yeah. Uh, where in this issue did they call out anywhere that anybody's fighting? Or who? No, none of that. Yeah, they don't. Roy just seems to be a guy on the side. Uh, what I said earlier about Flash was uh, when he got his powers back, I like that... Um, Starfire is just so excited to be able to fly. Yeah. And she just jumps off the building. And she's uh, like, uh, well, we got to go patrol. Like, can't we just take five minutes? Yeah, this well, is so good. Well, you got to realize she's also just got done the photo shoot earlier. <laughs> that was what they've been doing. They basically, they've been getting along by Corey being a supermodel. And I don't know. Do you think Donna is her agent or is she taking the photos? Yeah, it's weird because when she comes out, she doesn't have a camera. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm assuming agent slash photographer. I'm just saying, even though we're in a domed world, we still need pornography. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, I'd like to, to point out the only thing I didn't like about the art is, boy, Roy's cell phone looks like it is huge. I don't it, remember that. Oh, he's like talking and it looks he's humongous. Got a brick oh, it looks humongous. But yeah, go on. I don't want to. No, it's all right. It's just that uh, Don and Starfire go up against the extremists and Roy mm -hmm. realizes, I got to get back into this. So now yeah. that his, his uh, like cybernetic arm works, he puts that bitch on, suits up and goes out there. Yeah. And I was all excited. All right, we're going to get Roy in here. And he takes care of some extremists. And we, Dream Slayer comes in. Yep. And he gives Roy a choice. Oh, yeah. Either you come and fight us and inevitably die, mm -hmm. or you fight your friends. And I'll give you your daughter back. He plucks Leon out of a time before she dies and, like, dangles him in, her in front of him. And Roy's just sitting there. Yeah. Holy shit. And uh, he makes the hero's choice, right? No, he does not make the hero's choice. No, it doesn't look like he does. The issue ends because, you know, his cybernetic arm has a cannon that comes up off the top. And at the end, we know that the, the Donna and Starfire on either side of him, it flips horizontally and blam, both yeah. sides. And, at and the that's point, where we end. Yep, the last thing you see is it pretty much in both of their faces. It's not like it's going to shoot him in the leg. Where I'm saying that it would have been. We don't see them on the panel. So oh, no, you do. When it, when it goes side to side, you see... They're there, I'm saying, but when it blams. No, not blam, but I'm saying you see exactly where it's pointing then. The next two panels are the gun right against Starfire's face and the one right against Donna Troy's face, and then blam. 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 Uh, the only thing I really didn't like about this, and I was thinking about it as we were talking, um, the extremists have been involved in a couple of these issues. Three. Yes. Uh, which had the biggest, hardest-hitting team of extremists? I believe it's this one. Here. This one, by far. Yes. Why is the big, bad team of the extremists going after Roy Harper, Corey, and Donna when it doesn't look like they were called out to fight them in particular? They the have rules, been called man. out. The rules are well, I'm saying they've, they've been pretty much called out to fight other people, yeah. uh, but they're just going to go fight these three. 
Don well, it's not that. They were just re- like running amok, and then Donna and Starfire yeah. showed up on uh, patrol. It just seemed weird. Yeah, I guess that's how you can explain it, that uh, Donna and Corey just kind of uh, happened upon them. I don't know. It just seemed odd. I would think that these are the main guys from the extremist. I would think that they right. had more than just kind of hanging out. But, yeah, it looks like Roy is um, he's wants his but daughter it, back. It's the very personal issue of Roy Harper that really put this over the top for me that made me enjoy it so much. Oh, yeah. Well, all through, he's been saying that everything. The reason he's alive and he keeps going is because of his daughter. It's uh, memory of my daughter. Yep. Memory and, of my daughter. And now and stuff. He, yep. And now he's presented with his daughter. What's he going to do? And it was just such a great cliffhanger. And and legitimately, I'll tell you, a lot of times a story like this with that sort of thing could feel forced. This didn't feel that forced to me. When you see the daughter, it actually shocked me. I just thought they were just going to fight. Well, okay, here we go. Fight next issue. Oh, you bastard. But man, this is the best cliffhanger, I think, of the week. Yeah, definitely for me. Because it really twisted it up a bit. Would I give this one a 9 out of 10? Yeah, I probably would have given it a 9.5. I liked it that much. I said I gave Harley a 9.3. I said I like this better, so I got to go at least a 9.4. So, yeah, my next one I was not as fond with. I don't know if – did you read Batgirl? Yes. Okay, well, it's Conversions Batgirl, written by Alyssa Quintney, art by Rick Leonardi, Mark Pennington, and Steve Bucciolato. Steve. Bucciolato. And I looked into that. The less famous Bucciolato. It is, it, uh, is, actually, it is his brother. It's Brian nice. Bucciolato's brother. I looked into that. I was going to send a, a little note to Brian Bucciolato because he does follow us on Twitter. And I was, and that is a name drop again. <laughs> and I, we need a ding every time I name drop. But I was going to mention, like, hey, your brother did a great job. But the problem is I didn't really like the art in this issue. or the I didn't like much about this issue at all. So I just laid low. Yeah, I'm saying though, does Steve look like Mr. Clean as well? No, he looks different. He actually, to me, looks like a hipster guy. He is, <laughs> he's not. Uh, he doesn't have the shaven head. He doesn't have any of that stuff. But no, he looks a little different. You can tell facially. Yes, they are. But this issue starts out, and again, I'll start right away. This issue is an out of sequence issue. Oh yes, and I don't think it works. And I think it's unnecessary. I don't know why they're getting all fancy with this. This is the first issue of a two-issue convergence event thing, tie-in, and I don't know why they go this way. I really don't because it starts off, and the only way I can think is that you're getting the idea that Stephanie Brown has been called out to fight. She has not been Batgirl for a year. Obviously, the dome's down there in the desert, but she doesn't. she's scared. She doesn't know that she can do it. Um, she doesn't know why they picked her. She's kind of walking around. Cassandra it? Kane and Tim Drake don't know why they picked her. Yeah, I know. They, nobody does. But again, this is what Because they're not me. picked. That's and, crazy. And what's odd is they're going on and on. But does it matter that they were picked? Because they're there. Yeah, they're I, they're I, ready to fight. Roy, again, Roy rules. wasn't picked. He's going to fight. Again, so, rules, man. I, no idea. And in this issue, uh, just a little ahead, when does she get picked? They, I don't know. They don't show it. I guess you can assume she was, but they don't even see the dome go down. Later on, they hear it as a news report on the TV. Nonsense. That's, that's how I would have found out. Well, yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere, uh, Catman shows up, tackles uh, Stephanie. They start doing a little back-and-forth banner. Uh, Stephanie realizes that this must all be a lot of uh, hooey and distraction and goes and sees one of our favorite guys, fighting Cassandra Cannon. Who was that, Eric? 
That is General Zod. General Zod. Or no. General Grodd. <laughs> General Zod. I wanted to see what you would say. Oh, you son of a Honestly, bitch. while reading it, because it is General Grodd, I kept yeah. saying to myself, Zod. So I'm like, yeah. I wonder if I could throw that in there, see if Jim catches it. No, it's General Grodd. So it's yeah. Gorilla Grodd. Who, in this, it's it's fully spelled out that um, Catman and Gorilla Grodd have been fighting each other. But I guess when your city's going down, people have to team up. So that you see Cassandra Kin getting the crap kicked out of her, and then they go back to before the dome for a second and show kind of how that was. Show uh, that we're eating gerbils now. You're uh, no, I'm saying, up. actually, you see like a thing where um, you see when the dome was going to go down. It's just, I'm telling you, there's a bunch of nonsense. Then you see Jim, that... Jim. But, Eating gerbils. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. That is on the cooking channel. It's, it's on the cooking channel. And uh, Cassandra wants to eat the cooking. But you also see, this is another one of those issues that you find out very much, I mean, almost exactly to the point of what happened with Roy Harper is that Stephanie was relieved when that dome went up. She was happy because she didn't have the stresses of being Batgirl. She didn't seem to want to be Batgirl anymore. And she's going to work as being the best damn Stephanie Brown she could be. Yeah. That's basically what she says. And she's there. She's actually working what appears to be a nurse or a nurse's aide. She's going to love herself, so somebody yeah, else could love she's her She's having day. a great time. But then when she gets back, and she's walking home uh, this part, and uh, a guy jumps out. Who is that that jumped out? Killer Moth. Man. Oh, it is Killer Moth. Now, I'm looking at it now. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, Killer Moth jumps out. And Laugh my ass Yeah, off. Stephanie Brown's just like, hey, you don't want to do this. You know, hey, no. we, hey, we don't. Hey. Hey, we don't want to do this. Yeah, fuck get off. out of here. And I like when they're walking away and there's Killer Moth just standing there and he's like, not even <laughs> looking at him. He's still thinking he's, about what he's she so said. He's so dejected. Yeah, he's like, huh. So then they go back to the apartment and that's when Cassandra King comes out and they've been patrolling. Cassandra I got the and idea, Tim. though, that uh, Tim Drake went down and beat the shit out of him yeah, anyway. Yeah, he did. Uh, Cassandra and Tim have been um, patrolling the city, which also leads me to the fact that while the dome is up, these non-powered heroes have such an advantage. Oh, yeah. yeah the, nothing. I mean, what what is going to be different for Tim Drake whatsoever? Nothing. Nah, he's, he's cream of the crop yeah, now, bro. He's gonna, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They don't have to worry about it. It's like this is their heaven. But they're going, and that's <laughs> when they're, they're hanging out. And Cassandra Kane wants to prepare dinner, which is a gerbil or a hamster or a guinea pig, actually, I think they say on yeah, the TV. Yeah, probably. It's pretty big. And they get in a fight like, oh. And the worst is then... Stephanie's like, you got to put that down. He's our pet. And then Cassandra calls her out. Listen, that's why we got him to, to raise these. him for food. They're bread. Yeah. bread. And they're like, oh, but now I, I don't want to. You see, we've named it and fed it. You again, can't eat something like that. And what's odd is it seems to me that they have this TV in the background that's giving out uh, the next up some more guinea pig recipes. It's just <laughs> to establish that yes, there's a TV on in the room because then they get word that the dome is down. And you get that, and it immediately, uh, or actually, in a weird thing, Cassandra has been hanging out uh, or holding on to Stephanie Brown's costume as well, and never washed it. It's been in there for a year. Uh, so they get the costume, and they go to head out, and everybody's riding. Everybody wants the hell out of the town, which I can I can guess they would. You've been oh, stuck yeah. in this town, so everybody's going. So they they try to get the riot down. Uh, Stephanie tries to use her uh, her brains to do it, and then out of nowhere. There are these water-looking spheres, maybe metal, but I'm assuming that, to me, they look more like water droplets. They go and get Tim, Cassandra, and Stephanie and take them out of town into the desert. 
I guess Telos was out of teleportation energy. And I don't understand. I'm telling you, man, rules. No fucking idea. Yeah, these rules. And and what I said earlier about the out-of-sequence issue, where it didn't work for me, is it ends in such an odd way where they just get teleported out of town and like, oh, I guess we'll have to fight and see. You know, we're going to have to wait and see who we can fight. (laughs) It's such a bad ending. It's just it just happens. It's there instead of an ending where you would have if you did it in sequence, the ending would have been them showing up and seeing General Grodd almost killing Cassandra Cain. That's an awesome ending. Yeah. Instead, you just have them sitting in a pile in, in the desert. Bullcrap. Uh, I'm telling you, it's like all the bitching I gave to uh, Convergence number one, because it's just, you know, here's the exposition that you already have. Yep. If they wanted to continue just the exposition in the next week's issue and lay out the rules for me, yeah, yeah, that's, I'll be happy as hell. To me, the Convergence number titles should have only been the first couple issues should have been laying out the rules. Fuck yeah. And you know what I would have also enjoyed is, or liked if they were going to do that? Started a couple weeks early, have that zero issue uh, three weeks ago, have the one, two, three, and then all those about rules, all those about the cities, all those about what's going to go on, why well, it's just happening. Have DC I, put out a press release or yeah, something, well, Jesus. Because, yeah, the rules are changing, and in, unfortunately, after this first week, it's really feeling a lot like I said a couple podcasts ago about Future Zen, where when I talked to a couple creators and they said, no, we weren't given any rules. They just told us to make fun little stories. And I'm Five telling years you, in the future. I think they got a, a press release thing or not a press, a packet. They gave each creator a packet said, listen, you have to do this phrase. When the dome goes down, do this phrase. But really, you don't have to. You can paraphrase a little. <laughs> and also, you have to show who these people are fighting. But if you don't really want to, that's fine. And somehow they have to get to this fight. If you want to teleport them, you can. They can run. They can fly. We don't. We don't really care. Nothing seems to care or or matter the way they do it. I just hope that most of these, the payoff next week or next week, next month, is uh, so big that we don't care. But by then, I think we're going to be so frustrated with hey, what these things are. Uh, you haven't had to done it. You haven't had to do it in a long time. But moving's hard. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, they're moving. It's real hard. They're moving. They don't want to, you know, deal with the stuff, but it's weird. I guess uh, Alyssa Quinty, Alyssa Quinty from this, she's not helping moving, so she can write this issue. It's a bunch of bunch of ridiculousness, but I gave it a 4.5 out of 10. Ooh. I didn't like it. I didn't like the art. I, I thought the art was uh, just not good. I liked it. It actually yeah. really felt like a like a uh, retro kind of feel to it. That really you mean retro I, I as in they, they were drawing it before they knew how to draw? No. Oh. It had an old style comic feel to it, which I, I appreciate. But I, I didn't, I didn't appreciate it at all. I, I, it wasn't pencil heavy. You know what it was? It was detail, detail lacking. Light, light? yeah, detailed light. That's what we'll say. That is pretty good. Yeah, a lot of the panels. <laughs> What's the opposite they, of heavy, Jim? Yeah, I know. I was trying to come up with some crazy phrase, but yeah, I don't like it when uh, <laughs> some of the panels where the uh, people's faces are blotched out. They're just, right. uh, it just, and some of the times. Um, they just don't look good. Here, wait a minute. Rafe, come over here. Tell me what this... How does that girl look? Like a man. <laughs> Do you hear him? Like a man. Like a man. That was Stephanie Brown in one of the, one of the panels. It, I just... I didn't like it. But yeah, what would you have given it? Probably six. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're generous. You, you are going into this event with a happy heart. Yes, I am. All right. You know what? I just wish I knew the goddamn rules. I know. Well, the next issue... Uh, it'd be tough because I really love this issue too. This might be 
just or, uh, they, this might be tied with Harley, tied for. Oh, Harley. really? Yeah, it's it was really good, and I know that we have gone on and on in this podcast about not liking uh, Greg Rucka, but th- <laughs> it's personal. Yeah, not because of his work. Because this man, time it's personal. Yeah, yeah, I love this issue. Convergence: The Question Number One, written by Greg Rucka with art by Cully Hamner and Dave McKeg. And I want to start out by doing by saying that. I would like to do a questionnaire with uh, Cully Hamner. Yeah, yeah. And one of the questions being, Cully, why do I want to keep calling you I, Cully I, Hammer? You all is it week. because Hammer is a cooler name or because N's look so much like M's? It's that and also you just start and it's one of those where they have, like you have that brain games type of thing where your mind fills things in. Yeah. Once you see an H-A-M and at the end you see that E-R, I think you just go with it. Hamner. I, I, I even said it at Cully work. Hammer all the time. Yeah, I said at work. I'm like, oh, that's Cully Hamner. And you're like, it's Hammer. I'm like, no, it is not. No, it is not. And you're like, I've been calling him that for years. <laughs> idiot. Yeah. Yeah. First correction. Don't even bother correction. That. This, we're correcting it right yeah, now. Yeah, we corrected ourselves. But yeah, you said it right. Yeah. <sighs> but this was a great issue because it not only gave us a story about life under the dome, but Greg Rucka did a damn fine job in giving us callbacks to the pre-Flashpoint universe, mm-hmm. like Two Faces infatuation with uh, Renee Montoya. And I, even something before that he was doing before the flashpoint happened with the mark of Cain that was on her face. It was not forced at all. All it was was a panel where she's looking at her face where the mark used to be. Yep. And Hunter's saying, it's not going to come back. Yeah, she's like, that it's not coming back. That is all it is. And that's just for the fans. And I love that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to explain it for people going in because it doesn't matter. But for fans who have read it, it was, it was such a great moment. Yep. But... This whole thing is we get to see the darker side of the dome again, unlike these other titles we've talked about where people are happy. I never thought about it because when this issue starts out, Cassandra, uh, Cassandra Kane, now uh, Renee Montoya and Two Face are trying to find the last of the morphine and meds that the town, city has to offer mm-hmm. because they're out of supplies. People are dying and in pain. I never even thought about it. Like yeah, the food yeah. thing. Yep. And like Telos is over there, I've given you all this and this. You haven't given a shit, Telos. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. He's like, I've given, yeah, you've given us misery and you've, you've blocked us off from every sort of sustenance we could, we could need. Well, you know, uh, Renee, you know, comes back home. She catches shit from Huntress for trusting Two-Face because, you know, he's a monster. He's infatuated yep. with you. You know, we notice. So she questions up, goes out, and apparently she does this one ritual every night. She goes where the Two-Face is hiding out. And watches him not kill himself. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. Two Face tries to kill himself every night of the dome. Now again, is this is this something that they had before that he did this? Because this is exactly what he did every day in, in the Batman, Batman Two Face. Yeah. It's exact. It's exact. And I loved it because of that. That yes, when things are really bad for him, that's all he's ever going to do. Uh, and I loved it. And again, though, we have an issue with the rules. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know what you're going to say. Yes, yeah, because every night for a year. He flips his coin, and every night it's the good side that lands. Yep. So he can't kill himself. And it's the good side they're calling out, basically, that it's because of the dome. Exactly. I... Things have changed. He no longer has chance to rely on, so he's been a good guy for an entire year because all he has is the good side of the coin. Now, I'm going to say this. Don't you think it would have been a cool thing where Telos actually says what, what he says happened, that all these cities become these like nirvanas that it's so great there but then people start going crazy because they can't leave and that would have made that a little bit better like i'm saying that would be why it always comes up good 
Two-Face you know, flips his coin and every, you know, again, hey, I've made you these. It would have been nice. I don't know if they're going to get into it for the next issue or they what. They but... It's already gone. It's already, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, like, you wouldn't have, uh, Poison Ivy wouldn't have to have a garden because somehow food just kept showing up. Do I still have to like shit? That. No. I don't even think you have to do that. No, it's like the one uh, multiverse and uh, family guy where you're just like, oh, one crap coming up. Boom. Thank you. It's gone. (laughs) You don't even have to work at it. But yeah, I wish that they would have done something. Now that you're talking about this and we're seeing this, like you said, this rule where uh, it seems like everything positive keeps coming up. Chance uh, chance has been taken out of the equation. Yes, it's all out of the equation. Uh, It does seem weird. I liked it. It was pretty cool. Then the dome comes down, though. And we're given the Tello speech about you're gonna have to go and fight other worlds, and Harvey receives his salvation finally. Mm-hmm. Without without having this coin to flip, he's just gonna go and find another Harvey Dent of another city and have that Harvey kill him. Yep, yeah, he's gonna do that, and then he pretty much uh, pistol whips. Oh yes, <laughs> just pistol whips the shit out of her. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. there must have been a sign outside that says the question inside here because Hunter shows up, wakes her up, and as they're trying to fight, we got to find Harvey. Batwoman shows up, and there's some sexual tension there because they used to date. Yeah, yeah, I know. And now yeah, she's dating was... Huntress. Yep, and it's like I brought in the heavy hitter. I bought some backup, and they're like, oh, what? And that's, she's there. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, I will say before you go on that this issue to me looked like a little bit of a retro look. Oh, yeah. In a great way. Like, this was so good. Cully Hamner uh, did an awesome job. This is what I wish the back row would have looked like. I thought it was awesome, especially I'm looking at it right now, going through it. And, man, the, the, when Batwoman shows up, she looks awesome. It looks so good. Well, I'm saying it was such a good decision by DC to get these two back together again because they worked on the question backups before. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's like, you know, continuing where they left off, just under a year of the dome. And I'm saying, though, but since we have this new status quo, because they've been living a year under the dome, mm-hmm. just enough callbacks to keep all the fans happy to let them know these are still your characters and we're yeah. doing you justice. Uh, I'm saying this is one of the, like, they had spelled it out that, oh, you'll get your characters and your stories. This one is definitely one where you could say, like you said, yeah, it's such a good issue for anybody who loved the question of Renee Montoya that I can't see how they could not like it. Yeah. And a good time. I, and if you like Two-Face, it, it's a great Two-Face issue. I love issue. Two-Face. Yeah, it's One a great Two-Face One of my favorite Batman issue. villains in freaking New 52, he blew his goddamn head off. Yep, yep. But you get him again. And, and again, you're like, oh, no, he's going to do it again. <laughs> we get him back, and now he's going to do the same thing. Oh, no. But like I said, I wish that they would have had something where these domes would have been a little better for people. That when the dome came down, you'd also have that thing like, oh, man, you know what? We had a better life before and now we have to fight it would make this fighting uh almost like a um i don't know a a decision of i don't want to fight because this was so good at the moment you get the opposite where you're like it's been so shitty uh why do we fight it's just i don't know i i think that the whole concept and the rule changes and all that are are starting to get to me a bit me as well, and that's the problem. I want some. I need structure in my life. Yeah, yeah. It's like my continuity. I need it, and this like this jumping back and forth is without any continuity of how the dome works or what the rules are is bugging the shit out of me. Yeah. But before we stop with the books here, we've talked about how this would make a perfect video game, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And all week, I've had a phrase that's freaking been jumping back in my head. Oh I really? Take, I want to take us back 
to Green Lantern number 20, Jeff John's last Green Lantern issue. Remember how it was that big, like, you know, hard binding freaking issue? Yeah, with yeah. All the, with all the, like, thanks and people, like, you know, like, sucking Jeff John's off throughout the mm. book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was that one that we laughed our asses off where it was Ed Boon, the freaking creator of Mortal Kombat, who did Injustice with Jeff John's, mm-hmm. the video game. Yeah. And he, what he had to say was, Injustice was just the beginning. That's all he had to say. Yeah. And I, we laughed our ass because everybody else is sucking Jeff Johns off hardcore on this goddamn uh, page. Yeah. And I'm thinking, could this be what we're getting next? Convergence of the game. Because that's what I want now after yeah. reading this. It would be really good. Uh, there is no – how uh, any game is great <laughs> because of the, you know, the character roster. And, boy, they can claim all they want about Injustice being able to have a huge roster. This is – you could have – you could have a whole download pack that's just 10 Batman. Yeah. It's so good. You could have that stupid Superboy with his, uh, his leather jacket. Superboy. How dare you? That's the Metropolis kid right there, boy. I'm, look, I'm looking at next week's releases. I was going <laughs> to give a little call. That's, that's next week. You oh, good. Or, well, this week, next week. But, yeah, next podcast we'll be talking about that. We have a bunch of good ones. There's uh, Suicide Squad. Justice League International, Green Lantern Parallax. Oh, that's gonna be good. Uh, Green Arrow, Catwoman. That's gonna be good. Shadow of the Bat, Aquaman. Zero Hour next week, brother. Too. Yeah, it's Zero Hour and uh, Kingdom Come. All right. As some of the ones mixed in, I think the Superboy is actually gonna fight the Superman from Kingdom Come, or at least start to, because right. as we know, they don't really fight anybody yet. They yeah. had a couple punches. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but this is my era of DC Comics where I started reading it hardcore. Like, The Shadow of the Bat with the Azrael Batman. It okay. was uh, Nightfall that got me... Re- like, I, I think I was in the fifth grade or fourth grade when uh, that first came out. And that's when I first started reading Batman. And then the Green Lantern Parallax is when I started reading that. The Metropolis Kid was during the death of Superman when I first started reading Superman. Okay. It was all these big events that drew me into DC Comics. And this next week's going to be, like, nostalgic as hell for me going okay. back into yeah. it. Yeah, um... What do you think? I mean, this is the first first week's done. Uh, yeah. Are you happy? To a degree, you... I am. I'm uh, like I'm on the fence here because it's weird though. We were actually a little bit happy when Convergence was going in because all right, we're just going to go into this. We're not going to have to deal with continuity or anything like that. That like every you know week, every month's issue or whatever. We got to remember what happened. Yeah. And but. I've had to prepare more for Convergence than anything yeah. else because I have to remember what happened over five years ago. Yep. And yeah, five years ago when I really wasn't reading comics, so to yeah. me, uh, some of it. Now I'll admit I'm I haven't been that lost. The where it where it gets me is that it's one of those things where if you see a movie that has a lot of references, yeah. And if you don't know the references, you can still enjoy the movie. You're not getting the full thing, and that's where I think I've kind of had some uh, points where I probably missed a bunch of stuff because I'm not familiar. There's probably a couple in jokes, uh, stuff like that, some cool call outs. Uh, even like the Renee Montoya. Yeah, with the Mark Kane. Yeah, the Mark like Kane. I would have just thought that she had some sort of superpower thing. That Yeah, no, I'd be <laughs> like, man, that dome is good for your complexion. Uh, and the, another one, I we didn't really spell it out. Are you doing the Man of Steel, the Superman Man of Steel with steel? I want to, yes. Uh, okay, depends on how, how it's going to work out when be, we do it. Because that's next week. And uh, also uh, Supergirl Matrix is one I've been really looking forward to. Nice. Um, which also, that's the one with the cover from uh, Howard Porter, and I got to put up that five-question interview with him, so I'll probably do that around that time, too. Cool. But yeah, I hope that this week we get all our reviews done a little earlier. I had big plans, but then with that stupid TV thing, it threw me off. 
Yeah. Well, I'm saying we did a good job this week of getting it up when we. Yeah, did. we got them done. I, I just like to. I, I think with these, with five or six titles each, there would be no reason we don't have them all up by Friday. I didn't get done until Saturday afternoon. Did I get done? Yeah, on Friday, right? No, I think you did one Saturday too. Oh, I did. Okay, yeah, I must have finished up we, with the question. I'm telling you, we kind of, like I said, we kind of fell a little. It's not behind, but I like yeah. to get. I'd like to get everything up. This podcast is forcing us to get things up earlier than we ever did. We don't really have a lot of. Uh, Tuesday night panicking getting up stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's it for, for this podcast. All right, we're done with uh, Weird Out Loud this yeah, week? Yeah, Weird Out Loud. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to next week, though. See how these books go. See if there's any more rule changes. Uh, again, if there's even more rule changes, I'm going to start to get a little irritated. Oh, I'm already well. a little irritated, but I'll, I'll give it a pass. But yeah, if it's all crazy, then I'm going to have to. I'm saying right now, I'm laying low with my irritation just because in my mind, they will come through for us and explain what's going on. Yeah. well, And we'll all I have see. to do is sit tight and wait. Uh, what Do you know anything about the Convergence number two, what that's going to involve? Have you fighting. seen anything about it? <laughs> no, it's I have fighting. Not. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, hopefully that rebounds because I really like that zero. I'm saying we put up previews one. and shit like that, but for the most part, and even the solicits, we do, I go over that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't tend to look at them very much because I like to be surprised when I go into an issue, even though we should have a little homework going in so we can know what we're talking yeah. about. Well, but... I'll spoil it a little. It looks like uh, Thomas Wayne finds Bruce. Oh, no, for Convergence number two. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, I thought I'm you saying. meant for the second issues. No, no, of, no. Of, I'm, hey, I'm okay. actually saying just actually the Convergence number two. No, I, two, I did read that. I, had to let my... yeah, I, was, I was you on Christmas Eve looking for my yeah. goddamn Christmas Well, like I said, where, where I'm saying is that uh, number one was a little bit of a letdown after the zero. And no, I if this solicit is correct, it's going to be a hell of an issue. Yeah, it looks good. All right. Well, that's it. I hope that everybody enjoyed themselves. Go check out our site at weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com or what did Christine say? Blogcom.comicsblog.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Weird Science DC. You can look us up in all your search engines. It's just Weird Science DC Comics, and you probably find us. And if you want to email us, tell us how much we suck. You just email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And don't forget to go to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a review, rating, whatever you feel like you want to do. Yeah, that'd be nice. And uh, maybe once we'll have somebody say, like, hey, these guys are pretty good and I like them. Five out of five. Not, these guys (laughs) made my ears bleed and then I wanted to put an ice pick in my face. Great job. Good job, guys. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it. Let's go. I'm going to go eat some uh, clam chowder. Everybody have a good week and we'll see you in seven. All right. See ya. Bye. I can't remember anything. Can't tell if this is true or dream. Deep down inside, I feel the stream. This terrible silence stops in there. Now that the war is through with me, I'm waking up, I cannot see that there's not much left in me. Nothing is real but Weird Science Comics Blogs dot blogspot dot com.